All right, we are live. Welcome. This is Orion Rising. I am your host, Leonard O'Neill. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or good morrow, depending on where in the world you are tuning into the show. All right, check this out, check this out, check this out. Welcome, everybody. Welcome from around the world. All right, it's the law of one, class number 53. We'll be talking about the law of one again. We're going to start with the end of last week's um, episode. We had like the last, like, I don't know, a couple of minutes that we didn't play. I had to rush off because my mother just tried to escape out the door. Uh, so we'll, we'll pick up there and then go right into the next session, uh, which I have that ready to go. But uh, I wanted to give you the um, uh, rundown we have. I haven't, uh, I thought, I, I asked, well, here, let me just start with. Last week we did, Jacqueline and I, Jacqueline Taylor, that is on her show, one-on-one with Jack. Uh, we talked about the law of squares, and we only got the beginning of it uh, started. So uh, I, I think, because she has a schedule, that we're going to be doing it again uh, this coming, the tomorrow, Saturday, for us, because I'm here in California. She's in Quebec, Canada, uh, somewhere in Quebec, I believe, over the east coast of uh, Canada. Uh, so we'll be doing it at noon, I believe. I'll have to look at the, the thing. Noon, and I think we're going live this week because we haven't filmed. Last time we filmed it, and it was a big uh, pain in the butt for us trying to uh, fix this edit that had to be done. And it took her and I like three days to get this edit to work properly to get it reposted. So I, I'm not sure, but I think we're going live <laughs> tomorrow. I, I asked her, but I haven't talked to her. I've been too busy, and so I asked her earlier uh, before the show. But it's scheduled. She has it listed as her and I are going to be live tomorrow. So. Uh, look for that because we're going to continue talking about the law of squares. But I also want to announce announce that I've been talking to a good friend of mine, Stephen Myers, uh, and uh, Stephen Meyer and I decided that this coming Monday at noon uh, Pacific uh, time, USA or Western, the Northern Hemisphere of the Earth, Pacific region time, noon. 12 p.m. our time. Uh, he and I are going to go live. We're going to be talking about the pyramids. We're going to be talking about a lot of stuff. Uh, he threw out a bunch of stuff. We talk about this, 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 and this. I said, why don't we hit all that? And he said, oh, all right. <laughs> all right. Welcome, Peter. I see you there in the in the chat. Like I said, uh, share this out. So uh, he and I are going to be on Monday. And we're going to be talking about the pyramids, his theory about how the pyramids were built, uh, which is very plausible. The uh, his theory, he and I differ a little bit on uh, whether or not the pyramids around the world have sort of some sort of conjunction with uh, with the uh, you know uh, leading us to uh, the idea of Orion. Um, but but I think that uh, our differences are are just um, uh, not not quite uh, semantic, but semantical, uh, academically uh, speaking. So uh, I want to hammer that out with him. Also, I had just posted a reel that shows. Um, you know, Nikola Tesla talking about three, six, and nine, and uh, then there's a picture that I post with him sitting uh, in front of the pyramids. So, you know, a picture of the pyramids, uh, his face in front of the pyramids. Talking about Tesla, by the way, uh, and then three, six, and nine, and uh, he said, you know, he never talked about it all the pyramids having any correlation. I agree with that 100%. So I want to talk about that. So we'll be talking about that at some point as well. So you guys might want to tune in because we're going to be talking about some really cool stuff uh, that uh, and his website and his uh, tour that he took people on uh, in October, I believe it was, or November last winter He uh, here in the Northern Hemisphere. He uh, led a 
a team of people, which he does quite often. Uh, he and I both have been working with the Egyptian government trying to uh, drum up business for their tourism for years, not just to him and I, but many, many people, whole group of people that I still converse with are, are still doing that to help that. But however, that said, he and I both disagree that uh, on what they say about the pyramids. They, officially, when they take you there, they tell you that there was some king and queen buried there, but there is no empirical evidence of that at all. So we will be talking about that uh, as well, he and I on Monday. So tune in. Uh, so Orion Rising will be live on Monday talking about that pyramids and things like that with Stephen Myers, uh, who is very, very well known. You guys uh, don't know him. You should tune in. Uh, and then uh, again, like I said, tomorrow, one on one with Jack, I'll be on her show on Jacqueline Taylor's show at noon tomorrow, uh, which is Saturday for us. If you're over on the other side of the prime meridian in Australia, it's already Saturday for you. Uh, for those of you guys there. So and some of you are past midnight, depending on where you are in the world. So that's why I always say good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and and good morrow, depending on where you are. So Angel, welcome. Okay, so um so okay, so let let's uh get into um the law of one now that I got the commercials out of the way, right? Let's start where we picked up uh on uh, this session where we're at the very end, last question or two. We were talking about Raw was talking about the Atlanteans uh and um talking about how they uh, messed up. They actually mentioned uh the law of squares, by the way, last week, and I brought that up because it was a day before Jacqueline and Taylor and myself were talking about the law of squares. Uh, and uh, there's uh, literally Raw was explaining to Dawn, the questioner about Atlantis and the Atlanteans um, messing up the earth and its rotation, of, you know, uh, and, uh, and uh, the gravitational pull and all of that by playing with um, their, their um, you know, three, six and nine and uh, stopping the rotation of the earth and causing it to flip over on its axis and then having to restart it and it caused the cataclysm that we now know as the flood cataclysm on the planet. Uh, and uh, they're continuing that conversation talking about the longevity of the Atlanteans. Uh, so we'll get into that. We'll let Raw talk about that and then go straight into the next session where they pick up and continue talking about the Atlanteans and lead into other things. Okay, so I'm going to do a sound check. Um, like I said, share this out. Uh, I have it shared out to three places on on Facebook and on to YouTube. So if you're on uh, either, you can share those out and in, in, to wherever you want to share them. And then the MP3 file will be going out right after the show. I usually spend about an hour after the show, um, as long as it takes me to render the file and post it. So it usually takes me about uh, 45 minutes to an hour. So then that will be live for the rest of you in the world to listen to wherever you pick up your podcast. And if you've missed any of the shows uh, and uh, you want to have, you want to listen to them, but you, you don't want to watch it, you used to have visuals and we will have a video uh, for Jacqueline Taylor and myself and video for Stephen Meyer and myself on Monday. Um, so you guys that are listening on the MP3 file, you can still hear the conversation. You just can't see it. I get a lot of people who like seeing me while I talk uh, saying um, stuff about that. Even one of my sisters says, it bothers me when I can't see your face. I was like, it sees a stupid picture. Some people need to see the visuals. Some people don't. Um, I used to do visuals all the time and I turned it off only because it just seemed like uh, it was kind of pointless unless I was uh, showing pictures or whatever during an interview. That's when I do that, when I do webinars and things like that. Okay, 
So uh, let's pick up where we uh, left off there. But like I said, or if you miss, uh, you can pick up uh, them. All the files were deleted off of Google when they got deplatformed from Google. So over 500 episodes gone off of uh, YouTube. Now I have a new YouTube channel, where, I, but I only have about 100 episodes up there, if that. Uh, so that, that kind of sucks that those are gone, but they're on, um, Facebook. You can look them up on the videos on Facebook, but truthfully, um, a, a good majority of them are in my podcast. Uh, I have, uh, I think over 400 episodes for you guys to listen to of Orion rising and myself talking on other shows that I put up there, including the stuff that I produce for, um, my group, ancient aliens worldwide, which I created back in 2012, that is now over 300,000 members. Uh, it is the largest ancient aliens group on the, on Facebook, uh, anywhere in the, in the world, uh, for that matter, except for websites, right? Uh, it's even bigger than like a MUFON, the fan club, all over MUFON Global, the fan club. Uh, it's, you know, the only people bigger than that is MUFON themselves on their website. <laughs> right. But they get all their ideas from uh, from us, including uh, Ancient Aliens, the television show. If you've been uh, in part of my group for since 2012, uh, you've realized that in the last five years, uh, all five seasons that Ancient Aliens did, because everybody is in everybody that's on that show, I think, except for Childress, is, in fact, uh, in that group. So most of the conversations that are spawned in that group, they're a part of or they see them. Uh, and it spawns and has spawned uh, almost every episode that they've put out from all the conversations that have gone on in that group alone. We're we not claiming that because we think we're cool. We were claiming that because people started becoming aware of it back in 2014, 2015, 2016, coming forward that, hey, these this entire show or all the all the conversations we had last year are now episodes. And then we realized that that was what was happening. And we're OK with it. We love the idea that conversations that are stimulated by us and that include all the guys uh, from the ancient aliens television show who are involved in the conversations or at least reading them uh, usually involved in the conversations it spawns the ideas uh, and a lot of those they created the conversation so uh, maybe they were testing the waters to see what would be a good episode or what one people want we don't care either way uh, we just love the idea that uh, that it, we tie in uh, to that show in some way more than just, oh, they're just a fan group, you know. Um, okay, so uh, now I'm going to uh, continue, right, with the law of one. So I'll do a sound check. Let me know, guys, if it if it is loud enough for you. I'll turn it up if we need to. Uh, and uh, then we'll go from there. We'll just start, pick up right here, uh, end this episode, and then I'll load the other, uh, the next session. And then we'll just continue there and see how far we get. All right, let's go. 22.28 questioner. What was the, the only question I was going to ask that I can think of was, could you give me the average lifespan of the Atlantean population? Ra, I am Ra. The average lifespan, as we have said, is misleading. The Atlanteans were, in the early part of their cultural experience, used to lifespans from 70, 70 to 140, 140 years, this being, of course, approximate. Due to increasing desire for power, the lifetime decreased rapidly in the later stages of this civilization and, thus, the healing and rejuvenating information was requested. Do you have any brief queries before we close? Thank you, 22. Peter. 22.29 questioner, is there any way that we can make the instrument more comfortable or anything that we can do for her? Ra, I am Ra. The instrument is well. 
It is somewhat less easy to maintain clear contact during a time when some or one of the entities in the circle of working is or are not fully conscious. We request that entities in the circle be aware that their energy is helpful for increasing the vitality of this contact. We thank you for being conscientious in the asking. I am Ra. It is a great joy to leave you in the love and the light of the one infinite creator. Go forth, therefore, rejoicing in the power and the peace of the one creator. Adonai. Okay, so I wanted to end that. I know that people would say to me, why did you just not skip to the next episode? I'm a scientist. I'm very thorough, and I don't skip over questions. So even though there was only one question there where he asked the longevity of the Atlanteans, and then they said, uh, you know, which is weird because that's a quite a long time if you think about that, 70 to 140 years. But that was a generalization because of the distance in between uh, the, the beginning and the end of, uh, of the Atlanteans uh, being a thing. Sorry, I, I, I started playing before I could share it here. So let me back it up. I apologize. It automatically starts when I open it. So now I have to share it in the, in the, uh, in the thing here. So literally, and it, it, you know, literally when they first started out, they were, they're going to talk about this uh, as we go forward here, but they were, they lived longer, just like we did on on Earth. I mean, as a whole, not just the Atlanteans, but we uh, at, on Earth as a whole lived longer uh, when, before now. And what changes is that uh, when you become um, your affinity for, as Ra would say, bellicose, violent, uh, or it, it literally explains that because of their uh, seeking power, they become more um, uh, in service to self. So you're either become more violent or you're in service to self and you become uh, greed with, you know, greedy with power and seeking that because truthfully, only crazy people seek power. And that's people that are in service to self, narcissistic people uh, seek power, control, fame, money, all of those things that are 3D. Uh, and they're stuck in 3D, hence the uh, number of the beast being a human number, not a number of man, not a number of humans, just a number we would understand, but but the number of the condition of the human race, which is six, six, six repetitively. And six, three score and six does not mean 666. It actually means 60,600 or 66,666. It means four or five sixes. Because six is a number, three score is three sixes, and six is another six. So that's actually five sixes, not three. Uh, everybody misinterprets that mathematics, and they say six, three score, and six means six, six, six. It doesn't. So the number of the beast is not 666. That's a simplified number to not explain math that is uh, 4,000 years old math uh, and the way they spoke back then. But if you look that up, you'll see what I'm talking about. Six, three score. And six means an additional six. That's like if I'm writing out a check today, which you guys might not even know what that is. If you're writing out a check and you write six and then you write three score, which means three sixes and six, that would mean $6,666.06. Okay. So literally, even in the modern English math, it doesn't mean 666. But it's not important. What's important about that is that it would literally in mathematics be six to the to the third power okay uh, which means infinity and and that is literally when you have a broken record and you're stuck uh you're you're pushing you're bashing your head against that wall and you're able to go six 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 
six and that's all you can do. And why, and what is that? That is the, the, the mathematical equation of three, the energy of the human condition is the third is the three energy. And then the, then the uh, time space or space time, the science always says space time when they, when they're talking about infinity or, or everything. And they, they don't realize that that space time is a place outside of time and time space is a place inside of time. And they get that backwards because they don't see the difference between a dimension and a density or that there even is something like that. They won't acknowledge that they're getting there. Uh, Science is literally, I mean, I have a, a book that was written way back that was called the holographic universe, but science is now, to this day, I just watched an interview with a guy uh, not too long ago who literally the, the, was telling that modern day uh, mainstream science, not French science, they're, they're, they're proven that all of this is an illusion, that everything in that we believe is real is, in fact, an illusion. And it's all just happening in our mind and it's being created by our minds for our minds. And that literally all of this, and this is what Ra has been teaching, what I've been teaching for more than 35 years prior to reading the Law of One, teaching the way before I knew there was a Tao Te Ching, which is the book of the way, which is the name of, of my current book is going to be called the Tao Te Ching. Not, it's going to be called the book of the way. Uh, but in Chinese, that will translate into the Tao Te Ching, which is probably going to piss off a lot of Chinese. Uh, but, you know, that was written in 634 BCE. Actually, that's not that's when he, um, Lao Tzu lived. And the book wasn't actually written by Lao Tzu. It was written by, posthumously by fans of his students, so-called students of his, uh, wrote from what he was saying, uh, a, a book uh, called The Book of the Way. So in truth, it was never written by him. He didn't ex- expect it to become a religion. The Taoism neither did. Uh, the Buddha expected his ideology to become uh, and his philosophy to become Buddhism, a religion. He hated it. Uh, but that's what happens. That's why Elvis is going to become a religion. And in, in it's or if it's not already, uh, Elvisism is going to be a religion. Elvis is going to be a god. Everyone's already dressing like him, like he's a god anyway. Uh, so let's continue. And that's where I, I try to hope that people won't turn raw because they already did that in Egypt. But again, in the modern day, turn uh, the, the raw material into a Bible and a religion, because some people are studying it as if it is a religion instead of taking it for the philosophical, spiritual way that of, of thinking that is there. And of course, uh, you know, people who say, well, I don't know, I believe in all this philosophical stuff and the spiritual stuff, but I'm not quite sure about the law of one. They're already acting as if it's a spiritual way, not that it is, in fact, uh, if you actually look as a theologian, which I am, uh, at all of the philosophical way of thinking, and you realize that they're all the same. They're identical. The difference is semantics. The difference is that is all. All religions are identical except for semantics, uh, and except for religions that are opposite of the religion of uh, of hope and goodness. And and, uh, and even if you have many gods or one god, and the further back you go, the simpler people are, the more you have a god for everything. Uh, there's a God for a tree, God for rocks, God for the air, God. If you look at the ancient Egyptian religions, they tell you there's a God who puts your shoulder together, another one who, who runs your elbow, another one made your finger, your right finger only on your index a finger on your right hand. And then there's a God who made each knuckle and a God who made uh, every every bit, a God who made your skin, a God who made your left ear, a God who made your right ear, left shoulder, right shoulder. So everything you can imagine as a thing has an individual God that created it. Not a joke. Not a joke. And they gave them all names and birth dates and places. And uh, most religions were that way. And there was a God of everything. 
uh, and that's why people look at the gods and say, well, mythological and theologic and, and um, mythos, especially fake, um, you know, because they have many gods. And then you have the one God that was, you know, thought up by people and, and they're like, well, there's only one true. I mean, that's, uh, you know, I mean, the truth is there is only one creator of the universe, but it's not some white guy or Jewish guy sitting on a mountaintop with a long beard, gray beard, wearing a toga. Okay. I don't know what God would decorate themselves in, <laughs> but I don't know it would be a human form in a toga. Anyways, that's all of that is semantics and not important. Okay, so let's continue with uh, the next session uh, and uh, continue on down this road of talking about the Atlanteans. And uh, so literally, let's let me retort really quickly. So the Atlanteans lived between 70 and 140 years, and that was because in the beginning of their uh, um life on earth they were living to be about 140 years and then they became corrupted uh and were seeking power and more violent and aggressive and that tones down your life expectancy uh because of the number of the beast which is told in many different religions not just a western judeo-christianity uh about uh, that uh, that uh warning about that. So if you are of the body, of the soul, of the, or not of the soul, but of the body, you will only be able to ascend to the sixth dimension or three plus three. Uh, and that is your uh, intention and your will and nature here in this place, in, in, uh, trapped in this place. And you will be stuck here because you cannot ascend past this place if you are in service to self. I don't care what people who are in service to self think. Uh, it's just like uh, the, one of the questions that were posed to that scientist was that, do, do you believe that AI will ever become uh, sentient uh, and, and self-aware? And he said, no, I, I don't believe that, they, that AI will be able to do that. AI will be able to pretend that and be programmed to respond to answers as if they are. That's already happening. I saw that happening. Um, but, you know, that's when void comp, void comp is going to come into play. That was a term used in the movie Blade Runner uh, as a Blade Runner, which was a, a perversion of, of Philip K. Dick's book, uh, which was called Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? But there were Blade Runners. They just they just changed his name because all of the names for his books were were uh, long winded like that. Uh, even even the. Um, uh, well, I, I could go into every single one, to be honest with you. Every book that he ever wrote that turned into a sci-fi movie, um, he had these titles that were from the 40s, uh, and and those titles just weren't catchy for movies. So they changed the, you know, um, literally, the you know, the um, Total Recall uh, is the name of the movie that was written from his book that was called We'll Remember It For You Wholesale. You see? <laughs> so there's another version of it. Okay, so so literally what's going to happen is as we progress, uh, if there isn't that timeline split, which there may be prior to this uh, happening um, because it's supposed to be by 2032, but they're really pushing to try and get AI up and running before then as fast as they possibly can. So if they do make it to literally so that it is like uh, Blade Runner to where they look so human that you can't tell, then the, the test that they used was called Void Kampf, and uh, that was uh, literally to discern uh, whether or not someone uh, was hiding and that they were an escaped, uh, uh, you know, um, I can't say robot because they're not, they're just a bio 
uh, a bio robot because they were very, they were just manufactured humans. Uh, and they acted, they were a, they had all of the AI to act as if they were sentient and they, some of them thought they were. So that's what the question is. Well, I'm here to tell you that that's not going to happen and, and it, because it can't. Okay. Uh, AI and evil was not created to be able to take over the mind of the creator. Okay. There are safeguards that the creator put in. They cannot go past halfway through the sixth dimension. There's that six again. Uh, or the sixth density, they are you're stuck. Period. I don't care what they want to tell you. They're, they'll they'll have you believe they're just as strong, if not stronger than than good, and that there are more of them than there are good people, and that they are in control, and that's their fear uh, is that you don't know that or believe that. Uh, so they, I literally uh, ask people now, how many? What do you think the ratio is of uh, good versus evil on the earth? And currently, because of them, the 1% controlling 99% of all media worldwide. And uh, I mean, all media, I don't mean just the, the television media. I mean, this media that we're on this platform that we're on all media, uh, magazines, books, radio, uh, uh, internet podcasts, the television, all, all everything, because they own all of that. They control the narrative. And because of that, they're, they're every program on television worldwide is by the, is run by them, uh, and if you don't believe that, look look up the television programs. There is not a television program that exists inside the United States that didn't first exist in the UK. <laughs> it's just literally uh, brought over here, and and redone. <clears throat> no, that's not exactly true because there's some that existed in Argentina and a few other countries, but they're all just recycled with different names all over the world. Because it's the same programming that they're trying to teach you. They're just giving you the spin that you're used to in the uh, in the culture that you live in. That's all they're doing. They're just translating it into a way that you can get there. Um, literally. I mean, that's not a joke. If you're paying attention to the world, you know this. They preferred everything into telling you that they're stronger and that they're in control so that you and people literally now, if I ask them, what do you think the ratio is? They'll tell me, oh, it's probably 70-30 evil. Uh, you know, or, or, or easily 50-50, easily 60-40. And it's always evil being equal or above how many people are good. And the truth is, the actual truth is that it, it, on this earth, it is it is only, it's less than now, but it was. The dynamic originally was only 14% of the population was evil. And it's less now because of how many uh, wanderers are now here. The population in uh, between 1981 and 1984, when this is taking place, with the, what would be playing with Ra, population of the Earth at the time was 2.7 billion humans. It is currently 7.9 billion. 40 some odd years later, 40 years later, it's it's literally tripled, quadrupled in size. Okay, uh, so some of you who are religious will say, "Oh, well, that's the emptying of the of the well of souls because it's the end times." And, and what you know, well, explained that way, uh, then it, you're actually correct, but it's not because of what you think, and it's not the way that you think because that's been perverted and changed from the reality of what's actually happening now to get you to believe that there's a heaven and a hell, which was invented. Um, that was that you can go back to a time where there was no hell, that was invented, uh, and and everyone pushed the narrative that there was a hell. In fact, the Pope in Rome, the one that quit about whenever that was 10 years ago, 
Um, I think I don't remember if he's still alive now or not, uh, but that the, they kept him on and had a second pope. He was the one who apologized for that and said, we made all that up. It's one of the reasons why they had him step down. He was no longer pressing their narrative. And I'm not some crackpot who hates the Roman Catholic Church. I was brought up Roman Catholic and knighted by the Holy Roman Catholic See. Okay, so I'm a minister in that faith and a Christian minister through the Universal Life Church in Phoenix, Arizona. And Catholicism means universal life, by the way. So uh, the, the people in Arizona or everyone out there that has a ministry through the Universal Life Church, um, uh, you know, in, and say, but I'm not Catholic because those people are not Christian. Uh, your church is named the same words. The Catholicism is just an ancient Hebrew word. It comes from Sanskrit, and it means uh, it means universal light. Uh, and so, literally, the Universal Life Church uh, of Phoenix, Arizona, is a play on that word "life light." Uh, they changed it to the Greek word and then changed it into English so that it became universal light or universal life instead of universal light. Uh, but it's just a play on the word from Sanskrit to translation into uh, into Greek because their catch-all word uh, is, for the breath of God was pneuma, and that means light or life of God. So, so, so they just changed that. See, that being a theologian, you should look into that. <laughs> right. So those of you out there who got yourself... Uh, a, a uh, um, you know, through the Universal Life Church, and you're like, oh, well, I'm a Christian, but I'm not Catholic. I, I think I believe that that college in, in Phoenix, Arizona is, in fact, a, a Catholic company. Uh, and, and if not, they're, they're really similar, uh, but they're not teaching Catholicism itself. But, you know, well, I'm Baptist. Yeah, that's just another version. I'm Pentecostal, just another version, <laughs> right? Uh, you know, or your or your uh, Lutheranism. Well, Luther was a cardinal in the Catholic religion, and then left because he didn't like the idea of not being able to have sex or be married, uh, and changed to that. That's all. I mean, truthfully, went back to the way Jesus was teaching it that it didn't matter uh, whether you were a male or female; you could be a clergy, and that was. Uh, what got people murdered in, uh, in uh, the south of France by the Holy Roman Catholic Church uh, when they killed everybody off over there because uh, that's where um, Mary Magdalene showed up with the daughter who was uh, uh, Jesus's daughter. Whoops. Uh oh, wait a minute. What? And killed everybody off over there. More than two and a half million people to shut that whole narrative down of Jesus was teaching a different way. And the church in Rome is a lie and is usurped by evil people. You can look that up. There are books out there. Dan Brown wrote, read the same books that I read, uh, Holy Blood, Holy Grail, and and uh, and a few others, the Templar Knights, uh, Mary and her Knights, and a few others that came from the 1800s. They were written by books that came from uh, back prior to that uh, and wrote a movie uh, called The Da Vinci Code, uh, first a book, and then it became a movie uh, about that scenario. Um, which people are like, well, it was just all made up. Uh, if it was made up, it's been made up in history, and it's been in history since going backwards, and it makes a lot more sense as to what's going on in reality. But then again, this is a place where you have complete free will, right? Yeah, King James, <laughs> Angel says. King James, the King James version of the Bible doesn't have a hell in it. Whoops, wait a minute. Uh, and that one was changed as well. It was like when... Uh, when they changed it at the council, first and second council of Nicaea, or nice, it depends on, on your uh, interpretation and what language you uh, speak uh, prior to learning how to say that word. But, it, it, but Constantine during the second, first and second council of Nicaea, not to mention what David did well, uh, at those councils, there was, there was about 
25 councils throughout time where they consolidated and changed the Bible and took books out. There are more books currently banned from the Bible than there are left in it. Um, literally, there, there are three times the amount of books that used to be in the Bible gone uh, than there are left in the Bible currently. And, of course, then they added that part that says, if you change this Bible in one iota, God will curse you forever. Uh, and they didn't do that. It wasn't written into the Bible until the King James Version after they had changed it and didn't want it to be changed back. So they added that in. Uh, but the, that version is still a better version than the one they have today. Uh, like the New American Version, if you come over to this country and read that perversion, um, you know, uh, they change the words and they, they do that eloquently so that it changes the meaning. Literally, let's go back to when I talked about six, three score and six. Uh, Let him who hath understanding reckon the number of the beast for it is a human number. Its number is 666. Uh, that, that came from a different translation. The King James Version, if you look that up, it doesn't say it's a human number. It says it's a number of humans or a number of man. Um, and so literally that's also a perversion because it, for it is a, it is the number of humans. It is the number of man. And you can go back to older Bibles like the book of Kells, uh, the Colbrin Bible. And, uh, and the, the, there's another one that's out there. I forget what they call it now, but it's literally, uh, they believe it is the oldest Bible in existence. I was current. I read that. Uh, most of it, what I could get a hold of. And um, that one has completely different uh, things in there. Like Jesus was not crucified. Uh, it was, in fact, uh, uh, Judas who was crucified in Jesus's place. So Judas was supposed to tell the Romans who Jesus was. And Judas confessed that he was the Roman and he was the, the Christ. And they crucified him instead of Jesus. Okay, and this is this is a Christian Bible that is older than and most Bibles that we currently have come from the King James Version and Angel uh, that that we still have because the they when they burned Alexandria when the Caesar in Rome burned Alexandria and they confiscated all the scrolls and hid them in the Vatican archives. Um, we lost that information and we only have the King James Version. Uh, of, of that Bible currently, but there was another one that we just found, just like the Dead Sea Scrolls. They just found one in like 2017 that is old, possibly the oldest, uh, just like I know for a fact, because I was working with the people in, in Egypt, that the oldest Christian church known to the human race exists seven clicks, seven kilometers outside of Cairo, Egypt. They found a church back in 2016 or 2017, I don't remember which now, uh, buried in the sand and they were excavating it. And it dates back to be the earliest Christian church known to the history of this earth. And they were they gave me pictures of it as they were uncovering it uh, so that I could get the pictures out to the world before the Egyptian government took control of it. And uh, before I could get the pictures out to the world, the, the Egyptian government took control of it, contacted the American government, who then contacted me with a cease and desist order uh, uh, and confiscated all of the photos that I had on all of my hard drives uh, and arrested all the people that were excavating that uh, site for sending the information out to anybody in the world. And I have no idea what's happened to it since whether they're still excavating it or if they just buried it back over. 
because I lost all contact with the people who were sending me the information and they're gone. And everybody who knew anything about it says that it was hush hush. And anybody who talked about it was being arrested. Okay. So, but I saw those pictures, they were real and they were beautiful and they were still colorful. Uh, and there was pictures, many, many, and they had carbon dated everything. Uh, literally the oldest Christian church found that that was not under the control of the cabal until it was. And I saw pictures of it and I can only describe them to you because I could never share them. Uh, I tried to get them out uh, without bringing myself to notice uh, of doing so. And they uh, found out anyways, because they traced it to me and immediately the government came down on me and, and confiscated everything. Uh, so that's no longer in play until they decide that it's profitable for them in some reason, some way to tell the people that there's a church out there and then they'll charge you money to get in just like they do with the pyramids. So I'll be talking about that with Stephen Myers, uh, in, on Monday talking about the pyramids, not that church, but I'll mention it to him and see if he knows anything about it. Uh, uh, but yeah, so, and he might, because, uh, he, like me, has been working with the people that are trying to help their uh, tourist industry, because that's literally the money that the Egyptian people make is off of their tourism. Uh, they're, they're a tourist town. The entire country is a tourist town. <laughs> that's where they make all their money. And, uh, that's what keeps everything going. It's just like over in the Philippines now, the working with Bruce Cunningham. I have been for a long time and he's working with different scientists and I've had them on my show trying to drum up money for the Philippines because they're doing the same thing. They, they're trying to get and excavate all of these structures. For instance, there is a, and I've seen it, uh, they're not burying it back. It's there. You can go and tour it. There is a um, pyramidal complex, a city that is uh, larger than the pyramidal complex of Giza over in the Philippines. I've seen it. I'm, I'm trying to remember the name of it and I can't think of the name of it right now, but I've seen it. I haven't been there, but I've seen it. My buddy Bruce and all the people that were excavating it showed me a bunch of pictures of it and they take tours of that. People don't even know it exists because uh, the Philippines are right now corrupted. Uh, so they're not really getting it out to the world yet, but they're also trying to figure out how they can make money off of the tourism. So and that's the, why they're keeping it quiet until they can unveil it and make money. I mean, that's the truth though. <laughs> Everything's about money and greed. So this is what uh, they're talking about. We'll start this session now. This is what they're talking about with the Atlanteans. Uh, as that happened, the same thing uh, happened here on this planet to us. Uh, after that was done, then uh, the bellicose was ran rampant here and the same people from, um, do I believe in God? Yeah, um, yes, but not as a God like you would think. I don't use that term God because that says some old white guy who could be me because I'm a white guy with a white beard wearing a toga sitting on some mountaintop. Um, so I don't believe in that uh, at all. Uh, so, do, But do I believe in a creator of the universe? Yes. I believe that we are literally, you, me, everything is the creator. We are separated into individual thoughts playing out this existence so that we can, so that we can become uh, better than we already are, not as an individual, because you, you only exist here in this place because you don't know that you are, in fact, the creator. Uh, the creator is creating all of us to do that and, and pretending that it doesn't know that it is, in fact, the creator to have play out all these scenarios because the, the universal mind, which is everything, is trying to uh, better itself and prove to itself that it can still evolve. 
so it's imagining all of this. So we're all imagining this, everything, this computer, this air, the sound that you're seeing, everything that you look around and think is real is actually a piece of, it's all happening inside the mind of the creator itself. Science is actually proving this now. Science, not fringe science, mainstream physicists are actually literally have been working for the last 45 years on the idea for starting with a holographic universe, which I have that book uh, and uh, moving forward uh, into AI. And then realizing when we created AI and started creating more and more AI, that some of these things in the universe, uh, including the moon seem to be AI very much like uh, like reality are very much like our AI and computers and video games. Uh, so they started thinking about that. And then when you go back in time and you think about things like what Tesla said in, in the early 1900s, uh, where um, people were having a problem trying to prove that the ether existed uh, and, and, uh, and um, Tesla's uh, explanation of, of uh, how he proceeded in his testing of, of uh, assuming that the ether was mechanical in nature, not organic, and that all of a sudden when he uh, assumed that it was mechanical, which means non-biological, which means uh, it literally means hologram or AI, that then all of a sudden uh, all of his, uh, everything that he was trying to figure out worked. So the only way that you can proceed forward and they have taken, all scientists have taken uh, in the governments, especially the cabal governments, took all of Nikola Tesla's information here in the United States, stole it away. Donald Trump, uh, John, Don, Donald John, you know, Donald J. Trump, Donald John Trump, his uncle was working for the FBI and the federal government of the United States. And he was the one who raided Nikola Tesla's place and confiscated everything for the federal government of the United States. So if Don, if Don Trump doesn't know what's going on, I'm sure he heard stories from his uncle about some of the stuff that uh, Tesla knew about. So literally, and I posted that as a reel uh, or a short, depending on the platform you will find me on, except for TikTok, because I'm I'm on, no longer posting on TikTok, um, because that's going to be banned from most of the world soon. Uh, but they'll just change to another company and and run the same thing with a different name, or they'll just uh, uh, pretend they sold it to somebody so they can still run it. That's probably what they'll do. Is they'll officially they'll they'll sell it to somebody who's in one of these countries, the UK or the United States, and it'll be their them <laughs> buying it from themselves will make it uh, look like they sold it to somebody. So they'll say we don't have any more ties to the Communist Party of China. And then everyone will go, yay, we can go back to TikTok and it'll still be the same thing. It'll still be the cabal. Um, so literally they they took his information and his information is based on the fact that the ether was mechanical, which means AI, not organic. And every time they tried to see uh, that the ether was organic, uh, all of their tests failed. So any uh, advancements that have been made since 1930 uh, around the world in science have been based on Nikola Tesla's theories that um, everything is AI. So they haven't admitted that out loud to the world until now. And they're starting to admit it to the world. Scientists are starting to admit that, hey, <laughs> looks like all of this is fake. It's all a computer program that we're living inside a simulation.
That's not a joke. They're actually saying that now. They can't deny it anymore. They've tried to deny it for 45 years, but the only advancements they make are using the theory that the ether itself is mechanical, not uh, not organic. So if it's not, um, you know, if it's not just there uh, as a as a natural background of something that was that just happened, uh, then then what is it? So it's only when they say it's fake. <laughs> and we have to assume that it's not really there and that we're creating it, all of a sudden everything becomes possible for them to figure out. So they don't want to tell you that. I was a physicist in college and I left all of the think tanks because I realized they were trying to weaponize all of that. And I walked away back in 1997, right? So I'm not, again, I'm not coming from a, a standpoint of, I just read something and I think I'm cool now, right? I don't talk about things that I just think, uh, think, uh, you know, I have this theory and I'll tell you it's a theory if I have a theory. I'll tell you it's a theory. OK, so uh, I'm, that's why I say the Anunnaki doesn't exist. There is no empirical proof that it exists prior to uh, 2015. That was when they added it, the word Anunnaki, to the to the uh, Mesopotamian uh, God pantheon in their tree of, of gods. Prior to that, it's not didn't exist. And and why is that? Because that word Anunnaki doesn't exist. It's there. But it's not Anunnaki as one word, never was. It was originally translated wrongly in 1948 by a guy who was teaching himself, Zachariah Sitchin, teaching himself Mesopotamian language. And he said that it was Anunnaki. Three words. There's no spaces in between any of the words in the Mesopotamian language. The cuneiform in most forms of that, if you're a linguist, you know this. Uh, all those Eastern uh, uh, languages, early languages from four and 5,000 years ago had no spaces, none. So when you saw a tablet written, it started with one letter and ended uh, at the end of the, of the uh, entire thing said with no spaces in between. And all of the numbers were also, uh, or all the letters were also numbers, just like, uh, just like Yiddish is today, Hebrew is today, uh, Sanskrit, all of that. Okay, going back far enough is that way. So he assumed that the word Anu that he saw there was referring to the Akkadian god Anu, which was in their god pantheon. That's a Greek god. The Akkadians, you can look that up, were Greeks. Okay, so uh, he literally said, well, they must be talking about that god Anu. So he was saying the god Anu, and then he figured the word Ki meant comes. But he skipped over the Na. There was no translation in his uh, translation. His translation was the god Anu comes. The word uh, na, he left out. So his translation in 1948 was the god Anu came to earth. Then in 2012, Giorgio Sukalos from Ancient Aliens uh, then changed his uh, translation to those from the heavens came. Those. Now, plural, many, a race. So, so the word Anu Ki became Anunnaki, one single word, and that meant a race of beings that came here, according to Giorgio Sukalos. The entire pantheon of ancient aliens since 2012, when he uttered that the first time on air, has been teaching that as a race of people. They have now taken over. Uh, the, there's no longer the Nephilim, which is weird because the Nephilim is the exact wording and spelling in the Greek of Nephilim, which comes from the Viking pantheon, as one of their uh, places one of their nine planets. It's called Nephilim. And that word Nephilim is Nephilim. Okay. So the Nephilim, 
that that uh, that uh, was on planet 10, right? On planet 10, weird that it was one of the nine planets and we called it planet 10 because Pluto wasn't really a planet. So planet 10 would in fact be the ninth planet. And it's weird that the Vikings have this place uh, that is the ninth planet and their ninth world that is the Nephilim. And that is weird that it's the Nephilim, but yet no one will say that the Vikings uh, have any knowledge past 1300s, the, the, the 1200s, because that was the first time anyone wrote anything down. And if it's not written down, then it, it doesn't exist anytime prior to that, according to modern day scholars. However, the actual translation of Anunnaki was Anuna, one word with those two, Anuna, and the word key. According to the scholars, okay, the scholars that have now, since 1948, actually translated those scrolls and understand and are fluent in the Mesopotamian language, they say that translation that has become the god Anu came to earth and then translated to those from the heavens came, an entire species, a race, that has now taken that word and called them Anunnaki, is in fact Anunnaki, which means the prince, royalty, not someone from outer space, royalty came to town and taught people how to cultivate uh, things. Royalty traveled around the kingdom and taught people how to do that. Not gods, not an entire species that came to earth, but it didn't fit in anybody's pantheon anywhere. So they had to claim, they had to push it into the Nephilim and claim that they were the people that run uh, on planet 10 that come back to earth every 3,500 years, which they borrowed that from the, the short round or the long round, no, the short round from the uh, over in the uh, in the uh, southern uh, district of the uh, of the uh, hemisphere of the world, uh, five thousand miles away from where it was r- written as Anunnaki, they borrowed it from the Mayans and the Incans uh, with their calendar in their five thousand year or six thousand year round, large round, and their three thousand five hundred year short round. Okay, and then they said, well, they must be talking about the same thing. So if you take what they said in Mesopotamia with what they said in South America, who they claim officially had no contact with each other, it appears they're talking about the same people. So Quetzalcoatl, who showed up here uh, on his flying dragon, is now the Anunnaki. Okay. And then what they use to prove all of that is that that uh, uh, winged character that has the pine cone in the hand and the little handbag in the other hand with the wings on their back going, well, that is also all over the world that dates back to that time period. So they must have all been talking about these Anunnaki people. Okay, so they're telling you some truth with a bunch of lies because that was when uh, the bellicose started on this planet. And why am I telling you all of this? Because this has to do with the Atlanteans, okay? So that was when all of this bellicose started and these people showed up with the plans on how to create civilization and take control. Does it sound familiar now? That's going back to the Atlanteans. The Atlanteans, who are to this day still here, they call themselves Luciferians, and they were a follower of Lucifer, who was an actual being who resided on this planet, who came from the stars. And that is part of the Atlantean persona, but if people that came to Atlantis, when there was a war of the gods, this is all, I talk about this in my book, by the way, my book isn't dedicated to that, but there's a chapter on it. So when there was a war of the gods and when everything changed on this earth was when Ra is talking about right now, 
when the Atlanteans changed and became greedy and evil and fell and fell. There's the story of the fallen angels, by the way, and fell from grace and then corrupted the planet, screwed up the planet itself, flipped it over on its axis by, by tinkering with the three, six and nine stopping, which was written in a version that I can't find anymore of uh, and you were talking about angel about the book of the dead uh, in a version of the Necronomicon. Uh, which I know is, is different from the Egyptian Book of the Dead. Uh, so I'm not, I'm, I'm just saying that's what triggered my memory because I've read that as well. And the Book of the Dead is about ascension, by the way. And and uh, I won't go into that right now. I talk about that in my book as well. Uh, and then on my next book where I'm talking to a theologian uh, about theology, I'm going to compare those and show that correlation. But there is a version of the Book of, uh, uh, of, of the um, Necronomicon that actually talks about the ancient uh, worlds and the lands beneath the lands beneath the lands in Arabia, where where literally you the somebody went down there below a city below a city below a city when Nebuchadnezzar did that way back and was able to actually tune into an alien species with this device uh, from down there and actually go into the mine to see through this alien species until someone realized that was happening and scared the hell out of this person. Uh, I had that book 20 years ago. Um, now maybe, yeah, 20 years ago or 10 years ago. It was uh, 2010 or uh, 2012. And I got rid of it when I moved to Arizona and I can't find a copy of it anymore, but it was the Necronomicon. So there's many versions of it out there. And I'm trying to look for that version again so I can read it because that one had far more necromancy and uh, things in that had to do with the history from the actual book uh, that was stolen when they were trying to write that. Okay. And now they just claim that all of that, including the, the, uh, the, um, whatchamacallit, the, the Nag Hammadi is just written from H.P. Lovecraft, which was uh, a rendering of the Necronomicon uh, from, um, what's his name, uh, uh, Leary, and when he was working for the CIA. So they claim it was all fabricated anyways. Uh, but I, there's some of the things in there, and that's why I wanted to, that's why I'm bringing it up, because there were some of the things in there that uh, they couldn't have known about, and they've also misinterpreted. It's just like when people say the Bible code doesn't exist, and it's just a made-up thing. I'm like, no, 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 there's some information in there that if you're a theologian and you're actually paying attention to, uh, you know, but then again, uh, you know, literally a year and seven months now, uh, or more, uh, I'll have to figure out the exact date. I've been able to translate all the scrolls anyways. I just haven't told anybody in the world about that because I've been waiting for somebody else to publish it and talk about it. Uh, be in, in, and it's not that I'm making this stuff up. I've spent as a scientist trying to disprove that I actually understand what these scrolls actually say. All the ones that say this is locked up and you won't be able to understand this until way in the future for these people, way in the future in the end times, you're going to be the only ones that can understand this. And I can actually read them. And I told that story in my book and I've told it on the air uh, just in the last couple of months while I've been writing my book uh, that I literally found a scroll and read it uh, and translated it because I, I'm, I'm a code breaker. The government of the United States has been trying to recruit me since I was a kid to break codes for them and many other things. But I didn't go to work for them, but I'm a really good code breaker. And I uh, noticed a code that was in there. I noticed something that was that was, I was figuring out and I realized that this scroll was uh, like 17 chapters, like the book of the dead. Now, the reason why I brought that up, uh, Angel, because you were talking about that, uh, the same amount of chapters as the, as the, the book of the dead. And 
um, I noticed that uh, there were different English words in there that I could understand. But, and I realized that there was Old English, Modern English, and a possible future English words in there. And so I, what I started doing was uh, like skip tracing, basically. I started looking for, and so I wrote down how many words there were. And I realized that every single chapter had the exact same number of words. So uh, that's, that's almost unheard of unless it was planned. So I literally thought, what if all of these words were jumbled? Where I got that idea from was not just like, uh, uh, you know, the different uh, codes that are, that are out there, like the, you know, the... Um, um, I can't think of that, how to say it right, Adendorf um, uh, cipher. But there's also uh, the, uh, not the Da Vinci Code, but the um, Nostradamus did the same thing. Nostradamus uh, had this, this code that uh, I was trying to break as well. Uh, and I was reading, I had to teach myself well, 15th century French. <laughs> so that I could, so that I could literally make sure that they were translating it properly into modern English, and I found that they were they were taking liberties and not explaining some things. So, and so I wanted to get it right. So I was teaching myself the language so that I could try and figure that out. And I realized that there was different codes that were involved in that that had to do with astrological uh, signs and things like that. That's how I found out about Y two K. By the way, um, I literally was looking forward uh, before uh, nineteen ninety nine. And I was literally looking at uh, for uh, the future. I was trying to find 2012. Uh, I was trying to find uh, December 22nd, 2012, uh, and how what the astrological uh, readings would be of the star charts of the Earth at the time. And uh, when I got on a computer, uh, the best computer they had on the Earth at the time was the Commodore 64. This was back in the in the early uh, 80s. As a matter of fact, mid 80s. Before the Commodore 64 was known to anybody, my buddy's father worked for AT&T and he had the computer uh, like 10 years before it hit the market. It was in his house and I was playing on it. And that's how I learned how to write code before there was even a Windows. That's how far back this goes. There was no Windows uh, 94 yet. Uh, uh, none of those. It was all DOS. And I had this computer program and he did on the computer and it was showing the astrological charts. And I tried to go forward in time to 2012 and it froze at December 31st, 1999, at 11.59.59. And I said, why did the computer program freeze? He said, I have no idea. And that, and I said to him, well, it stopped. And he goes, I have no, I don't know why it stopped. Uh, and that, and then all of a sudden Y2K happens later on down the road. And I was like, I discovered that I, no one knew about it and I didn't get any credit for it because no one realized it, but I, I discovered it in 1986 or 85, 86. Um, and no one understood what was happening at the time, and neither did I. It wasn't until close to 1999 when they started to realize that the, all the computer systems were going to stop uh, counting because they didn't program it to go past 1999. Uh, and so nobody even took it. He didn't take it from what I said. He just ignored it and didn't care uh, back then, and no one else did. So when it happened at Y2K, I was like, yeah, I knew about that in 1985. <laughs> but nobody listened and, and I didn't understand that that was what was happening. I didn't know why it froze. It just froze. I couldn't do it. And he goes, I don't know, but leave my computer alone. Don't fry my computer. Right. So, so literally I knew about it back then. So, okay. So my point of all of this is that there is a correlation 
correlation between all of what they're teaching you uh, about uh, how the society got screwed up and how everything got stuck, what they're lying to you and making things up to point away from the fact that the Luciferians, Lucifer was an Atlantean, that the all of the people that have been proven to be a part of the Est clan from France by DNA or all the people that are in charge around the world to this day re retrace their, their lineage to the Diest clan, which goes back to the Atlanteans. So literally that has been proven by science that these people who are the cabal, the whatever you want to call it, the Bilderbergers and everything that they do, they're, they're Luciferians. They worship Lucifer and they don't say Lucifer is the devil. Lucifer is a, is a God in their opinion and is a leader and was was a person who was a leader of the evil people in that took over Atlantis that fucked everything up. Pardon my um, American. Um, so literally, this is what Ra is talking about here, but Ra is not giving all of that information out currently because in, because 45 years ago or 40 years ago, 41 or two years ago now, um, they, they we were just nowhere near as a society of people capable of understanding. I was as awake as I am now back then, but I couldn't talk to people when I did and even tried to explain to them that your energy uh, counts and how you think about other people uh, changes the reality of, of that person. And if you look at your son or daughter and go, he's a useless piece of shite, and will never amount to anything, and that's all you see them as, and tell everybody that, it changes the perspective and puts that energy onto that person. I see that now, and it's almost commonplace. Some people still think that what I'm saying now is insane, right? But the majority of the people are beginning to think like I do. I was saying this stuff 45 years ago, not a joke, okay? Not a joke. You can ask my family members, and they'll be like, yeah, he was saying crazy shit back then. Everybody thought he was nuts. And as time goes on, more and more people around the world are starting to all of a sudden pop off and think the way I do, which is good because that means that they're, they're all catching up. <laughs> all right. So let's let's start here with this uh, session and go forward. February 11th, 1981. 23.0 Ra. I am Ra. I greet you in the love and the light of the infinite creator. We communicate now. 23.1 Questioner, you were speaking yesterday of the first contact made by the Confederation which occurred during our third major cycle. You stated that you appeared in the skies over Egypt at the same time, approximately, aid was first given to Atlantis. Can you tell me why you went to Egypt and your, shall we say, orientation of attitude and thinking when you first went to Egypt? Ra, I am Ra. At the time of which you speak there were those who chose to worship the hawk-headed sun god which you know as vibrational sound complex, Horus. This vibrational sound complex has taken other vibrational sound complexes, the object of worship being the sun disk represented in some distortion. We were drawn to spend some time, as you would call it, scanning the peoples for a serious interest amounting to a seeking with which we might help without infringement. We found that at that time the social complex was quite self-contradictory in its so-called religious beliefs and... Right, and Mel said, thank you for saying F, my American. Uh, well, the truth is that word uh, is actually English from England, um, but, but it was one of those words uh, like Wotan is now Odin. Uh, Wotan was the name of, of the Viking god originally, and now it has become Odin. And the reason for that is the echo on the water. When the Vikings were on the water and they were sailing in the fog, 
they would have somebody up in the crow's nest and that person up in the crow's nest would go, whoa, and you can look us up in the Viking pantheon uh, and literally say, uh, right, like you're saying Wu-Tang, right? The Wu-Tang clan, that's funny, um, right? Wu-Tang. And uh, when then people would hear them coming on islands or on land that they were raiding. And what that sounds like from a distance is, oh, so then when someone would say, what were you screaming? Oh, we were calling to our God. Well, they didn't ask them because the Vikings would never tell you their language. So they wouldn't say it's Wotan. They never corrected anyone. They said, oh, Odin. And they just was like, yeah, and they laughed about it. So then it became known as Odin. And to this day, it's, it's changed, it just changed to that. The, the, the word, uh, you know, uh, fuck you, fuck uh, F-U-C-K, which everyone says, oh, that means for unlawful carnal knowledge. That's a lie. It actually comes from the English with their long bows. And when they lined up against the, the you know, opposing side and eventually the king of England, the Scots and the Irish, um, they would literally, and to this day, if you take your two fingers instead of one, in the United States, you put one middle finger up and it means that. Over in the UK, it's your first, your index finger and your middle finger of your right hand. And the reason that you would put up those two fingers here in America, that means peace, right? But you would put up those two fingers with your backhand showing and you would put those two fingers up. And from a distance, you would hold those two fingers up. And because you could see the two fingers, then they would say, pluck you. I can pluck you, meaning I can shoot you with my bow and arrow because I have my bow finger, which is the middle finger, because you would use those either the middle finger and the ring finger. That's what people use today. The middle finger and the ring finger or the middle finger and your uh, trigger finger, your pointer finger, your index finger. Uh, to pull the bow, the middle finger was the important one. The English would chop off your middle finger so that they would get, get rid of bowmen and nobody could shoot the bows at them. They did that to the English as well uh, because of the English long bow. You can look this up in history. I'm not making it up. So then the English would hold up their two fingers and they would yell, pluck you. I can pluck you from a distance. That sounds like they're saying, fuck you. This is literally where that word comes from. This is not a joke. You can look the, the etymology of that word up and you can figure and you can actually find that. So they would say pluck you. And to this day, the, two, the English will hold up the two fingers with the backhand facing you and give you the raspberry. And that means fuck you in the UK. In America, it's just the middle finger. We call that flipping the bird, the American bird, the American eagle. OK, so literally, this is the stuff that my pea brain looks up. Uh, because I think that stuff up, where did the word pepper come from? How can we call it salt? I literally asked those questions so much when I was a baby learning how to speak English and growing up that my mother started calling me and so did my family, Professor Precise, because I always said, why? How come? How come this? Why is that? And they didn't have answers for me. So I had to start looking for the answers myself because I would uh, I quickly gone, went past the ability of all of the knowledge that my family had, except for my father who then if he didn't have the answer, he'd say, let's figure it out. Let's go, let's go to a library. Let's go and figure. So he was literally here. Here's some encyclopedias. Let's go to a library because we didn't have the internet, obviously. And so that was, that was literally, I spent most of my time in libraries reading about stuff my entire life. I, I was such a nerd when I was in seventh grade, I, I earned a, an award for, this is not a joke either. I, I earned an award for reading the most books 
in a quarter, a semester, and a year for that entire year of my seventh grade year, I won uh, every single uh, quarter. I won the award in that in my school for reading almost double the rest of the kids in the school's uh, combined uh, books. Not a joke. And those were just the books that I read in the library at school on my time off that I checked out from that book. Those were not the books that I read that I checked out from the public library. That was my life. That's what I did until the internet. And then I do the same thing on the internet. Now I don't go to a library because I can find it on the internet. Problem is the internet is, is mostly a lie. It's mostly edited. Uh, that's just like if you go to Wikipedia, you know, or any of those places now, those were used to be uh, 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 literally tinkerable to the point where they joked about it on the Big Bang Theory. And then they had to close off and not let anybody do that because people were going in and screwing with and changing uh, everything on Wikipedia. And that was when all of those Wikipedia places, uh, Wiki, WikiLeaks and Wiki, all that became null and void and, and absolute bullshit because uh, people literally uh, would tinker with those on purpose for fun. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, right, Angel says the UK is evil. The UK, nothing is, is inherently evil. Uh, only humans make it evil. I tell people that. There is no evil tree. There's not an evil dog. There's not an evil bush. There's not an evil wind, right? I mean, we blame everything on, uh, in the America, we blame everything on foreigners, right? If it's, uh, if it's too hot, uh, too long in the summertime, we call it an Indian summer. Uh, or it's little boy or little girl. Right. Oh, it's, it's little boy. It's little girl. And some of you out there are now going, what are you talking about? I've never even heard that. Yeah. You've just heard it in Spanish. El Nino and El Nina or La Nina. La Nina and El Nino. That means little boy and little girl. OK, <laughs> the girl, the boy. Let's let's do, let's be not the flavor of what that's saying with the direct translation. La Nina means the girl. El Nino means the boy. Okay, so that's literally what that means. So we blame everything on some red-skinned uh, Native American. It's a Native American summer. It's an Indian summer, or it's El Nino or El Nina or La Nina. So we blame things on uh, on uh, fictitious foreigners, right? So nothing is is inherently evil. There is no evil dog. If a dog is evil, it's because a human taught it to be that way. Okay, humans are the only or or third dimensional beings are the only beings who choose to either be good or evil. Nothing in the universe is. Everything in the universe just exists. That's why Raw starts out with there is no right and wrong. There just is. But we don't want to teach that to the world because if you teach a child, there is no right and wrong everything just is, then they're going to do what they want to do. And they're going to be more evil because they can. It doesn't matter. What? It doesn't matter. I'm not going to go to this fictitious place called hell. There is no hell. None of that's real. Well, there is a hell. It's being stuck here. This is hell. Okay. Or it can be heaven. It is what you design it to be. Okay. So nothing is inherently evil. Uh, is the government of, of the UK predominantly evil? Yeah, just like the government of America is predominantly evil. And most governments around the world have a, a majority of evil people in them because evil people are the ones who seek power. That is their religion. That is the religion of evil. Power, control, money. That is their religion. Okay. That's why they want a separation of church and state because state is the name of their religion. So they can't have church messing around with, with state. They mess around with the churches. They've corrupted them. 
They put their hands in everything, school system, education system, doctors. It doesn't matter the system on the planet. The evil people get a hold of it and they corrupt it. Okay. Laws themselves. When they say, well, America is inherently racist. Well, it is partly inherently racist. Every country is because every evil person is inherently racist because they're evil. They've chosen to be evil and therefore racism. They can't love anybody but themselves. That means they hate everyone else. Racism means you hate someone because of their race. It's the, the real truth is it's classist. Every government in the, on the planet is classist because of the elites being in charge. They're classist. They hate everyone but themselves and their cousins. Therefore, you are beneath them and they call you a slave. You just don't know about it because they don't openly say that to you. They use other words that, that you think mean something completely different than a slave, like citizen. <laughs> and citizen in its base etymology of the word means slave. Okay. So those are the things that you need to, I sound like a hippie. I remember hearing people say this to me when I was really young, thinking that person's a little crazy. And then I started realizing maybe I should look up what words mean in their origin. And I started doing that. And then I became a nerd of that. Because when you start doing that, it changes your whole perspective on the universe when you start realizing like equity and equality. I write about that in my book and how the only way that that works, where they try to tell you why equity is true equality and equality is not equal. It, the only way that works is you have to be evil like them. You, you to, to get it, for it to work, people have to not do the right thing. And have to have someone tell them to do the right thing. And the ones that they want to be the ones to tell you the right thing to do and to divvy everything up properly are them. The people who have created that scenario. It's the Hegelian dialectic all over again. They created the scenario and then they're telling you, uh, selling you on the idea by, by you know, Jedi mind tricking you or gaslighting you into believing what they're telling you is the way things actually is. And the, and the only way that works is to tell you things like, if you were born white, you're inherently racist. And that peanut butter and jelly is racist. And that working out in a gym is racist. These are currently things that people in this country are telling you. That's not a lie. I'm not making any of this up. It would be funny if I just made this shit up and said purple, right? Well, the color purple, the movie was racist. It was about racism. And it was accentuating that believing that the color purple is real history is like watching Monty Python's The Meaning of Life or Monty Python's uh, Eric the Viking and believing that what they show you about Vikings was actual Viking history. Okay. Because it's based in that, that some Vikings did go to high Brazil, <laughs> right? So, and then high Brazil did sink into the ocean, right? So you could literally look at that and say, well, that's actual Viking history. If you believe that the color purple is, is real, you should watch the, the Eric the Viking and you'll probably believe that's real too. Okay, and there was a guy named Eric, because there was, there was Eric the Red, Eric the Swift. There was Eric uh, Leif, you know, Leif, Eric's son. So those people did exist. So they're telling you lies with some truth. It's a comedy and it's designed to be completely fictitious and funny because it is out of the control over the top. Because if you believe that Eric the Viking is true and you believe that the color purple is true, then you have to believe that Monty Python, their version of Lancelot was true, which Lancelot was immortal 
and was swashbuckling and murdering people uh, back in the day. And then he was literally saying, sorry, I'm, I have somebody trying to call me now while I'm on the air. She should know that I'm on the air, but she's not paying attention. Um, so literally, then the next thing, scene you see with Lancelot is modern day England and Lancelot shows up in his armor and starts killing people and uh, the cops arrest him. Right. So so if that's if you're watching Monty Python's Flying Circus, which I grew up loving, watching, love everyone that was in that. Love John Cleese to this day. Hilarious, great actor, uh, funny, funny man and everything he's ever had to do with and any of the guys from Monty Python, Terry Gilliam, all those guys uh, from from Monty Python. Right. For what they were trying to teach you. And that was that the dogma of religion in history is not what you think it is and that it should be interpretive. And that's why they did what they did and made it funny. Okay, Um, so literally my point of this is that all the truths we cling to depend greatly on a certain point of view. And that point of view is yours you will find that you believe what you think because someone taught you or told you until you go and look it up for yourself. That's why people like me tell everybody, look it up. Okay. Read for yourself and look it up. So literally that's, you have to realize that and and look things up. And then once you start looking things up, it changes your perspective. That's why they don't want you to know anything. They don't want you to own anything. They don't want you to know anything. They want to get rid of all history because history repeats itself over and over again. Why? Because those who are making history are stuck in 3D and they can't get past this. So they keep doing the same things over and over and over and over, which is why I was telling you about television shows around the world are none of them are original. They're just a, another version from another show from another country. That's what they do. All the movies they're making now are all re- regurgitated. Rarely do you see a brand new original thought anymore because they can't create. They're stuck. And so what they're doing is they have to eradicate history so they can give you a different version of it now and make you believe that that's the the true history. And they're trying to rewrite history by doing so. And they have. And they've been doing it for generations. They've been doing it for about, oh, somewhere around 75,000 years. You're just unaware of it. People like me are here to tell you about that. Raw came through between 81 and 84 to tell you about that. Let's continue. Therefore, there was not an appropriate calling for our vibration. Thus, at that time, which you know of as approximately 18,000 18,000 of your years in your past, we departed without taking action. 23.2 Questioner, you stated yesterday that you appeared in the skies over Egypt at that time. Were the Egyptian entities able to see you in their skies? Ra, I am Ra. This is correct. 23.3 Questioner, what did they see, and how did this affect their attitudes? Ra, I am Ra. They saw what you would speak of as crystal-powered bell-shaped craft. This did not affect them due to their firm conviction that many wondrous things occurred as a normal part of a world, as you would call it, in which many, many deities had powerful control over supernatural events. 23.4 Questioner, did you have a reason for being visible to them rather than invisible? Ra, I am Ra. This is correct. 23.5 Questioner, can you tell me your reason for being visible to them? Ra, I am Ra. We allowed visibility because it did not make any difference. 23.6 Questioner, I see. Then at this time you did not contact them. Can you tell me the same answer the same questions I just asked with respect to your next attempt to contact the Egyptians? Ra, I am Ra. The next attempt was prolonged. It occurred over a period of time, 
Hold on, I wanted to pause for one second. Carol, welcome. I couldn't see your name because it just says Facebook user for me because you didn't give StreamYard permission, but you said your name, unless you're tagging somebody. But it looks like you're saying your name because you said Carol. I got to put my glasses on to read your last name. Uh, Carol Common, Oklahoma, USA. Welcome. <laughs> Angela, no horns, right? Yeah, yeah, horns. You know, let's get involved in that. What do, what do those mean in, in symbology? Oh, horns were crowns. There were state uh, positions. Yes, that's your name. Welcome. Uh, yeah, I literally in here for whatever reason for where you're at uh, on Facebook. It's just coming through as Facebook user. That happens sometimes if you don't tell StreamYard yes that you have permission to show my my name, uh, or depending on where you picked up where somebody shared it to to a page that you're on, and and that just happens sometimes with that. Sometimes I don't even get to see you. So I tell people if you make comments and I don't say anything. Uh, it's not because uh, Kevin, I did see you, by the way. <laughs> right? I just didn't say hi. I was too busy flapping myself. Kevin Cummings is here as well. Uh, so usually if someone makes a comment, and I don't respond to you at all. It's because I didn't see your comment. I don't see your name. Um, otherwise, I say hello to you. So but yeah, Kevin says, hi, Leo. <laughs> Violence rules the world. If humans became unviolent, everything would be fixed. Absolutely 100%. Kevin, you are absolutely right. You know that we've talked millions of times. Kevin is 100% right. The biggest problem that we have is narcissism. Narcissism is, in fact, uh, the, what evil is. Uh, and people who are narcissistic uh, will tell you, I'm not evil. Yeah, you are. You're, yeah, actually, you are. If you're in service to yourself, if you love only yourself, you're, that's what the universe actually calls evil, by the way. Those are the choices. You're in service to self or in service to others, not just raw. That claims that raw just used that vernacular uh, to dawn uh, when explaining that to dawn. You can read that in every uh, dusty old tome on the face of this earth. And if you talk to anybody that's off from, from uh, off of this earth that are not from this place, they'll tell you the same thing. Uh, it has nothing to do with, with uh, here whatsoever. Uh, so, yeah. Yes, it is. Kevin said the violence is the lowest form of intelligence. It is. No, that's that's the truth. Violence and control is being stuck here. It's being stuck in in this three dimensional. There's that number three again. Uh, and, you, you know, our energy as the human condition is the three energy Our our. We have the ability to create. So we have we are in control of the creation. Therefore, uh, literally, that's the three energy and the nature itself is a three energy that was created by the mind of the creator. We have the ability because we are the creator. We have the ability to, to morph this place into anything that we want to make it. So that's why when people say, you know, it's, it's either heaven or hell and they're in the same place, because the truth is when you're on this planet, it is either heaven or it is hell because of your perception and your attitude of what you believe is happening around you. If you're caught up in, in nothing but the evil religion and that's all you obsess on, that's all you're going to see. You're only going to see the negative because that's all you're looking for and looking at. And you're like, the world's going to hell in a handbasket and we're all going to die. And that's why we tell you back away from the social media, back away from the news, take a break. Because when you do, here's the perfect example. I tell this every single year and it just happened and it's going to happen coming up to the holidays. I don't know how it is in your country, but in the United States, the government system, the government people in the government go on vacation from time to time. And um, when they do, there's nothing going on in the news because the news are are just newscasters. They're sportscasters. They're priests in their religion. And they, they literally need that religion to go on for their ratings without that religion going on and nothing to talk about in that religion they can only go well there uh, was a car crash 
down the street and there was a, a bombing in some foreign country where there's some people killing each other and um, somebody rescued a cat out of a tree and uh, somebody turned 105 today. That's all they have to talk about. There's nothing else. It's only when the priests and cardinals come back to the Kremlin, right? It's only when the, the Donald Trump tweets something, X's it now, because now you just post it. There's no longer called the tweet. I love that. It's just a post, right? Uh, I'm glad that that uh, that Dewey did away with uh, the uh, entire bird and the whole tweet system. <gasps> oh, no. All those people that that was their religion and their place, their town hall to scream and yell and and uh, and to keep all of the people of opposing points of view off that platform. They ran for the hills. They're scared to death. We need to have a place where they can't talk anymore. So then they, you know, Meta came up with this this thing that's going to end up in the Supreme Court because they they literally are, you know, just invented a new Twitter. Uh, and, and now they're being sued by Elon Musk for it. So I'm glad what he did with that whole thing. And everyone's like, X, can't stand it. Ah, damn, I liked it when it was that little teeny bird that I had to pay money for. Just, you know what? Get over yourself, right? If you don't like it, you want Twitter, buy it. Oh, wait, you don't have enough money. Create a new one. Call it Tweety instead of Twitter. Call it Tweety and use the Tweety bird and have it cute. I say that and somebody will do it now, right? <laughs> so so I just think that it's funny. I, I think that everything should be, people should be able to say what they want, no matter how hideous it is, unless it is hideous, hideous. And then there's somebody, ha there has to be adults in the room. But when, you know, but hate speech is not speech that you hate. I'm going to quote Tom McDonald now, right? So yeah, uh, Kevin, you're absolutely right. If we got rid of violence, if we got rid of narcissism, the world would be perfect. But without it, there was a time. Raw talks about this. There was a time when there was no uh, evil and everybody was not veiled. And so everybody knew that they were the creator and we all were lazy. The creator realized I'm a lazy some bitch because I split myself into a bazillion, gazillion, tri trillion, trillion, trillion individual things. And we're all sitting on our butts. We have no motivation. So something had to be done to create a, a put a fire under our butts to get us to move. And that was the veiling and, and chaos. And that, that, that's literally how it happened. So that then you have to have free will to choose. And then once that was took place and took hold, then th th we went, OK, now things are moving. You know, literally, I have to explain that uh, in, in, on Jacqueline's show, which I just talked to Jacqueline while Raw was talking, and we are doing our show tomorrow. So another commercial one-on-one uh, -on -one with Jack, uh, with Jacqueline Taylor, and have me on her show tomorrow at noon Pacific Standard or Pacific Daylight Time uh, here in the United States or Northern Hemisphere. Uh, I'm going to be on her show tomorrow, and we're going to be talking about the law of squares. And I talked about that, how when things change, it's like being out in the ocean, being on a sailing boat. And you have no wind, and then uh, you have to turn and go with the flow of the wind, or you have to go against it and tack back and forth. And that's uh, you know, if you know sailing, you know what I'm talking about. Um, but the, but the quickest way is to is to turn into the you know with the wind, and once you do that, and you open the sails, and the wind takes hold, all of a sudden, poof, and then you're just traveling super fast. And sometimes you got to lower the sails just to slow down because it's going too much. And you can open up all these sails and, it, and, and you go super fast. 
uh, that's the way it is when what would happen to us if we got rid of evil or and what happened when we got evil uh, that literally everything started to move along. And that's why it's still there. This only happens here, guys. After this place, when you go to the fourth, the real fourth density and the fifth density and sixth density, uh, you start getting separated. You're not in the middle of them. You don't have somebody in your family, your next door neighbor, your mother, father, brother, cousin that's evil, uh, literally in your family that you could have two or three people that are evil or your entire family is evil. Sometimes people are born into that and they're abused by their families. Of all of that, they can't hide as much. And, and those of you who are waking up, you're realizing that now, that literally just being here and waking up in this reality, waking up, not woke, but awakening, uh, you literally start seeing people and go evil, evil, evil. It doesn't take much for you to when they open their mouth, the way they look at you, the way they look at other people. It doesn't take much to see it and realize when someone's evil. You have the instincts. Right. If, if you watch Joe Biden and he walks up and he literally uh, was just talking to somebody the other day and they showed it. He reached around and grabbed the woman's ass. He well, got too close into her space. And then you see his hand sneak around behind her and literally he touches her butt. And it, that literally he did that in, on live television. That is an evil person. If you're walking up and you're smelling somebody's hair or you're getting into their space, and making them uncomfortable, and they're the opposite sex, or even the same sex, uh, that's not the mind of a person who is in service to others and uh, at all. That's someone who is literally being at 80, 90 years old, sexual oriented towards someone, and that's what he's done his entire life. And if you look at and go backwards, you know, that, that everyone says, oh, Donald Trump, you know, you know he did that. He didn't do it. He said, you can do this and get away with it. Does that mean he's ever done it? Probably. We don't know that for sure. But could I say that he did do that? No, I couldn't convict him of that and say that without a shadow of a doubt, he did just because he claimed it. Some people say, I want to kill that guy. That doesn't mean they've murdered somebody, right? How, did he? There's a pretty good possibility because he's not a, probably not a nice person. I don't know him as a person. So I can only, you only, again, all the truths we cling to depend greatly on a certain point of view. So literally it depends on the channel you watch on television, whether you're going to see Trump painted in a good light or a bad light. And both of those are lies. He's somewhere in the middle, right? We don't know where he is because I don't know him. I'm not around him. I didn't wasn't around him his whole life to know what he did. Has he ever raped somebody? Has he ever murdered somebody? Has he ever molested someone? Has he ever stuck his hand down some woman's pants that he bragged about that you could do it and get away with? I can't answer that and neither can you. Do you see? So saying that you believe he did something doesn't mean that he did it. It's just like what my sister was like today. Oh my, I just found out that they're bringing more charges against Donald Trump. What is going on? And I'm like, it's, it's all just still made up just like the, you know, oh no, he was impeached. He was impeached by a political party in one house who had the supermajority in the house. And then when it went to the Senate, the place where you actually like a judge tries you on what the prosecution brings a case against you. And an impeachment is the House of Representatives is the prosecution bringing uh, uh, charges against you. And then the judge who say either agrees to that and says, yep, you're right, guilty or not, happened to be the, the, uh, the which is the Senate in the government system of the United States. And the Senate wasn't controlled by the same party. And they said, no. The same thing happened when uh, when uh, Bill Clinton was impeached. He was impeached by a supermajority of Republicans in the House. And when it went to the Senate, the Senate was owned by the Democrats. And they said, no. 
and he was not removed from office and he stayed in office for the rest of his term, just like Donald Trump. Okay. Does that mean he, that, that Bill Clinton was guilty and that he was in, actually impeached? No, because he wasn't. He was acquitted. So you can't say that Donald Trump was impeached twice because he was not found guilty both times. Do you see? So that's like saying that somebody, the, the, that's like saying, I believe what the, you can, you have a choice. You can believe what the prosecution said, but the people who then look at those things and weigh them out and say, no, we don't think he did it. That's how justice actually works is that you have, and in, in, in our society, it, it is literally other humans. Now what they're going to do is they're going to try him and they're going to try and stack the deck and put him, and that's what they're doing now, is that they're bringing charges against him in a, in a, in a county that is like 98% political party that they want to convict. Okay, so they're going to try and, and get a jury pool that is the same way so that the jury will convict him because they're hoping to get people on there that are non-partial, that are partial to their ideology. So you're going to see that playing out on television. Okay. And it's going to be a, a, a completely for the purpose of children who are simple minded, who are literally going to believe what they're being told instead of knowing how the law actually works. And why am I saying this? Because this is what Raw is trying to teach you. And every single prophet in the history of the earth are trying to tell you the same thing. Read, learn, and educate yourself. They're trying to take all of that away from you so you can't read, learn, or educate yourself because they don't want you to know anything other than what they're trying to teach you. That's why if you go to my Facebook page and look at my wall, you're going to see a newscaster. And he's going to say, it's 6 o'clock. Up next, what we want you to think. Okay, because that is what they're actually saying to you. Let's continue with, with what Raw was talking about, right? Yeah, Kari, where are all these people? Kari's tagging people. Where's Rick? Where's Hawkeye Rick? Where's Denise? Where's Penny? What the heck, man? Where are all these people? <laughs> Get them in here, <laughs> right? They're late. Darn it. Thank you, Kari. <laughs> all right, let's continue. The nexus or center of our efforts was a decision upon our parts that there was a sufficient calling to attempt to walk among your peoples as brothers. We laid this plan before the Council of Saturn, offering ourselves as service-oriented wanderers of the type which land directly upon the inner planes without incarnative processes. Thus we emerged, or materialized, in physical chemical complexes representing as closely as possible our natures, this effort being to appear as brothers and spend a limited amount of time as teachers of the law of one, for there was an ever stronger interest in the sun body, and this vibrates in concordance with our particular distortions. We discovered that for each word we could utter, there were 30 impressions we gave by our very being, which confused those entities we had come to serve. After a short period we removed ourselves from these entities and spent much time attempting to understand how best to serve those to whom we had offered ourselves in love slash light. The ones who were in contact with that geographical entity, which you know of as Atlantis, had conceived of the potentials for healing by use of the pyramid shape entities. In considering this and making adjustments for the differences in the distortion complexes of the two geographical cultures, as you would call them, we went before the Council again, offering this plan to the Council as an aid to the healing and the longevity of those in the area you know of as Egypt. In this way we hoped to facilitate the learning process as well as offering philosophy articulating the law of one. Again the Council approved. Approximately 11,000 11,000 of your years ago we entered, by thought form, here we correct this instrument. We sometimes have difficulty due to low vitality. Approximately 8500 8, years ago, having considered these concepts carefully, 
we returned, never having left in thought, to the thought form areas of your vibrational planetary complex and considered for some of your years, as you measure time, how to appropriately build these structures. The first, the Great Pyramid, was formed approximately 6,000-6,000 of your years ago. Then, in sequence, after this performing by thought of the building or architecture of the Great Pyramid using the more, shall we say, local or earthly material rather than thought form material to build other pyramidical structures. This continued for approximately 1500-1500 of your years. Meanwhile, the information concerning initiation and healing by crystal was being given. The one known as Akhenaten was able to perceive this information without significant distortion and for a time, moved, shall we say, heaven and earth in order to invoke the law of one and to order the priesthood of these structures in accordance with the distortions of initiation and true compassionate healing. This was not to be long-lasting. That was Akhenaten, by the way. And um, Akhenaten, if you look in the Egyptian pantheon, so a lot of people say, Carla just made this up, right? All of this is just made up and the law of one is not true. Okay, so the, the truth is this, right? We talked, uh, we started talking about this. Angel brought up the, the Egyptian Book of the Dead. Uh, if you look at the Egyptian pantheon uh, as a whole, um, uh, not talking about the, the uh, um, Hermes or, the, you know, the Hermetica, they claim, in fact, if you, if you go on now to, um, to YouTube and you click on the Hermetica, there's actually a disclaimer there saying that that was also based on H.G. Uh, Lovecraft. Uh, that if you literally want to hear the true Hermetica, uh, you have to you have to actually read the book uh, Corpus Hermeticum, which is actually the Greek version of uh, of that um, of that uh, Hermetica. Um, that's why it's it's uh, written written. It's actually that's actually Latin, but it's based in uh, in the ancient Greek uh, translation. Corpus meaning body or corpse that's where we get the word corpse from meaning the uh, meaning a body cadaver uh hermeticum uh which is the body of uh of the of hermes or the body of the hermetica um literally that's the oldest version so if you want to actually read that or listen to it on youtube uh you should make sure that you're looking at corpus hermeticum not the hermetica because the hermetica is a different translation in fact they they changed this uh what's his name ganji if he's doing the voiceover, you will hear where they change um, the original word that they used was God. And you will hear them change that to an Egyptian word that is not God. That is not that word God, because all, all Africans consider the word God to be a Hebrew or Christian uh, uh, religion word. Okay, uh, and and thought. So the so they actually change the word uh, to either Pharaoh or um, they use something else too, like they'll use the Aten uh, or something like that. But Akhenaten was the Pharaoh that the uh, that Ra talked to in the past. And if Carla just made this up, why is it that that religion, the Egyptian religion, under Akhenaten? literally changed from the multi-gods to a one god, the sun god, okay? One god, the god, the life bringer, the, the illuminating life bringer, uh, to, to then they got rid of him as soon as they could. Some say they assassinated him. And then they, because the, the priests wanted to keep things the way they were because they were making money, 
and they literally had to get rid of Akhenaten and he moved, he moved the seat of power from, uh, from, I think it was from Luxor or to Luxor from uh, where it was in Cairo or the other way around. So there's, he actually, I don't quote me on exactly where, but he moved the seat of power from where it was to another place and built the temple and uh, changed the religion. And there was only one true God. Okay. And that was Aten. And that was why he became Aken Aten, because that Aken Aten means he who is like Aten, the God, the one true God. Okay, so you, but then what you have now is that the Egyptians have adopted Aten as their God, and they won't use the word God. And Ganji, when he does the voiceover for most of the Hermetica, changes the word God that was in the Egyptian wording that wasn't Aten and uses the word Aten, which is the religion they're trying to get away from. And they eradicated all everything that had to do with Aten and went back to the many gods. Yet, in the modern day, the same people who are trying to teach you the ancient religion of the Egyptians, they're, they're going back to Aten. And now they're trying to say that the word God is, is not in their language and that they were, they're changing the word God to Aten which is a God that they don't even want to exist. But there are some people who are now hearkening back to that. Okay. I, I'm a theologian. I investigate this stuff. <laughs> you can look this up. I'm not making any of it up. So if Carla made this all up, she picked the one era, which is the most unpopular era on the planet of Egyptian pantheonism, but she could have picked any other era that everybody would have existed, loved, loved and the Egyptians would have uh, would have sailed and sold the raw material okay so raw which is which is the people who showed up okay raw was Aten raw was the sun god okay and the word for the sun god was Aten so they called raw of uh, the Aten People don't know this. Now, all of a sudden, raw is something different. Aten is something different. And they don't want you to know that it was one single God. It was many gods. And the Egyptians will tell you that now. So why is it that if, if Carla and her husband were trying to make something up to get gain a popularity and, and get rich, why would they pick the only pantheon in Egyptian history that no one wants you to know about? Do you see? So here, here's my, my reasoning involved in this. Everyone says I can easily say that Carla just made the whole thing up. To what end? Why would they make the only reason that someone makes something up is for entertainment purposes or to make money or to control people. Okay. There is no other reason other than telling the truth. Okay. Do you see? So if Carla and, and Dawn went through this great elaborate scheme to, as people say, just to make all of this up. It's easily disputed by everything. Do you see? Unless they have something in there that's, that is truthful. And they do. And that's why I pointed this out. I'm not trying to sell their, their books because I don't make any money. I don't even know these people. Never have met anybody in the LL Research group ever. Okay. I'm not getting any kickbacks from them. I don't not make any money. I'm using this as a tool 
to to uh, help to teach. This is like in my book, there's going to be many people who are going to read it and say, he's just crazy and he's making shit up. Okay. I'm sure that's normal. People say that about me now. People say that about me now. Okay. So here's another example of what I'm talking about. The, the Some of the Jewish people today, because they're trying to discount count Christianity, right? I mean, literally, uh, who, who was the angel just said that, right? Are you are you hating Jesus? No, no. This is my point. Okay, here's here's an, another. Uh, uh, here's some people that are okay. Literally, literally, some Jewish people today. I've read the study and watched the videos. They claim that the Romans invented Jesus, invented that religion to control the Jews who were trying to revolt against the Roman uh, um, um, guard at the time, okay? And they say, because Jesus wasn't real, and, and okay, so if, if, if that's the case, right? And people ask me this. I now know this, Angel. I have, I have two Christian titles from two different uh, religions, one Catholic. I was knighted by the Roman Catholic Church, so I am a minister in that church. I can't be called father because you have to go to their seminary. Then I went to the Universal Life Church in Phoenix, Arizona, and I got my credentials through them as a Christian minister. And I have, uh, literally, I have a Merlin title in the Druid religion, which Merlin title isn't just handed out. That's not even a title the mainstream religion can give out these days. So if you look up the Druid religion, when you look up uh, Merlin, that comes back to this guy in King Arthur's court was actually a teaching. And I've actually shown people that there's a book out there. It's very rare these days. It's called 21 Lessons of Merlin. And it was the way I was taught by my father. And I got the Merlin title. It took me 19 years of my life to get that title. I went through rigorous training my entire life for that religious training. I can't say religious because it's more philosophical, spiritual, and a, a bunch of other stuff. Uh, so I'm not hating on when I talk about, I hate on religions. Jesus didn't like religions. Jesus taught in the synagogue and kicked over all of the all of the bizarre outside of the churches. They still do it to this day. There's a lot of places that do that in front of hospitals and churches to this day in America. Uh, Jesus didn't like that and was teaching the Sermon on the Mount, was teaching people, you don't need to go to that box and pay their tithing, right? That's what, not what that whole thing was about anyways. So they claim that, uh, that Jesus was invented by, and I know that the Jesus character, happened 12 times on this earth, the last of which, the 12th time, was the one that was called Christ, the one that was called Jesus, the Christ. So the Savior character, that character happened more than one time across the face of this earth, including here in the Americas, and the and the church that was invented from that, the religion that was invented from that, was the Mormon religion. That came out of the Native Americans talking about this person in robes that showed up over here, that didn't wasn't as dark as they were, and it sounded a lot like Jesus to the you know to uh, what's his name John Smith, and I think that's who his name was. And then uh, then you know that whole religion came out of that was spawned out of that, uh, and so uh, that that religion is a Christian religion. There are some people that say that he invented that religion the same way to control people. Okay, so your choice is to decide whether to believe or not to believe any of that. So, no, see, you can't, Angel, you can't say that the Catholic Church is evil. It's not. That's like saying that if you're white, you're automatically racist. 
Okay, if you're Aryan, you're racist. That's not just just not true. Fourteen percent of the population is evil. So the Catholic Church is not evil in and of itself as an institution. Has it been corrupted by evil people? Absolutely. You're absolutely right. Okay, it has. Uh, but is everyone that is teaching in that church evil? No, no, they're not. Most of the people that are teaching you are, are sincere and trying to teach you how to ascend back to God as best they can, given what they have to work with. Okay. But the religions in and of themselves, all of them have been corrupted. There is not a religion on this earth currently that has not been infiltrated by evil people and corrupted by evil throughout the history of all of the churches. This is why I walked away from churches. I never joined any covens in the Wiccan and Druid pantheon because of the same thing. They, I literally, 40 years ago, I was noticing that the Wiccan religion was becoming Christianity. It still is. It's, it's probably even worse now. I'll tell you that back then the covens were singing Christian hymns and they were so unoriginal. They couldn't even write their own songs. They were literally taking psalms out of the Bible and changing the words to fit their religion, singing, now we gather at the river. That is a, a psalm, a Christian psalm, and changing the word, now we gather at the fire, or now we gather at the circle, the beautiful, the beautiful circle. And I'm like, seriously, you guys can't even come up with your own freaking song that you literally have to take someone else's material that is, belongs to a religion and then just, uh, then just you know, morph it in, in to fit, and that's what they were doing. So I wouldn't join any covens because they're all like, we're about peace and love, just like the churches are. We're about love and peace and teaching the world. Uh, but that one over there, they don't know what the fuck they're talking about, and they're evil. Uh, the soon, the second you start pointing your finger and blanketly painting, then you have become what they are saying. They're over there pointing their finger back at you and saying the same thing. So literally you have that going on and they would say, we're about love and, and helping the world to wake up and to graduate, but yet we're not going to share. This is the, the uh, religious covens in the, in the non-Christian uh, faiths. We're not sharing our secret book of, of all the stuff with anybody else. So they want the whole world to, to live in peace and to prosper, but you have to join their religion to get the information. They do this today. You know, here in the United States, you have, you know, say CNN and Fox, and they're on opposing sides. And everyone says, well, if you believe in CNN, then Fox is evil. If you believe in Fox, CNN is evil, right? And then, well, Fox is the only bastion of truth left if you're, if you're not a, a, you know, a, a Democrat or a, or a, a uh, a uh, uh, if you're a conservative and you're not a progressive, uh, it really, and I tell all the conservatives this, if that's the case, why is it that for two years, the Fox News station kept telling you they have proof that Hunter Biden's laptop was his and they have all the proof in the world that Hunter Biden was on the take and that Joe Biden is on the take. And if you want to see it, you got to pay us $10 a month to watch our, uh, our plus channel. They just call it um, Fox Nation. Okay, so they, they have their secret information they want to give you, but you can only get it by paying extra money. So it's so important for the free world to know this knowledge. They're not telling it freely to the world. They're holding it back from the world and saying, we have all the information that you need to know about the world that will change the course of history. But you got to buy our you have to, you have to pay me 
to get that information. That is not somebody who is telling you the honest truth, because if they were telling you the honest truth because it needed to be told honestly, they would be trying to broadcast it, which is what they're trying to do now after they spent two years trying to make money off of it. But when the federal government started an actual investigation into it, now they're reporting on it on the channel that you don't have to pay extra money for. Finding out all the same information that they were going to charge you for, for two years. Do you see my point? So anyone who says, I have the answer to everything, but you got to pay me to get it. They're not truthfully trying to help the world. So I'm not, so I don't hate on Jesus at all. I don't hate on, uh, on, on the religions as institutions themselves, but they've been corrupted and they're being run by evil people on purpose. And it pisses off evil people because they corrupted the churches, but they still work. Okay. So, and this is why I tell people this, this is a model I made this up by the way. So if you hear it out there in the world anywhere, and no one else said this anywhere in the world until I started saying it, religion recruits you. Spirituality waits for you to find it. Okay. That's, that's a, that's, sh I should be quoted. I have, I made a, a reel or short with, it shows that. And I have a meme that I've created that shows somebody uh, sitting on a mountaintop, you know, meditating with the sun in the, in the background and the person's in the foreground. And it says religion recruits you and spirituality uh, waits for you to find it. And I put some music to it. I should post that and put my name down there in quotes to get credit for it. Uh, Cause now people eventually it's going to be all over and now I'll never get credit for it. <laughs> but that's all right. I'm not doing it because I'm trying to get rich off of it or I would patent it uh, and make all kinds of money. So, Literally, you have to realize that that most of anything that you're hearing on television, radio, media, uh, on any platform is controlled. OK, most of it is controlled or it is censored. Um, you have to be able to be aware of that. They have to tell you some truth with many lies. That's the literally uh, the effective, uh, you know, literally that was told by Adolf Hitler. Uh, not not uh, verbatim, but similar to that. And the, the whole idea of Marxism, the whole idea of the Hegelian dialectic is to give you some truth so that you think there is truth there and you see that. I can see the truth of it. Sounds a little off, but I can see there's truth to it. So for to make a lie work, there has to be some truth to it. So you can cast doubt in the minds of someone uh, that you're not lying to them. There is, oh, well, no, that's part's true. So maybe the rest of it, what they're saying is true. That's how they get you to buy into their lie is that they give you some truth with it. That's, that's you know, you get more, uh, you know, flies with honey. Or, you know what I mean? Uh, and, and so that's literally what they do. So they do the same thing. They try to corrupt everything in the religions. And, they, and if you don't believe me, go and look at how many times the Bible has been changed. There are more books missing from the Bible uh, than there than there currently uh, are in the Bible. Okay, more books that used to be in the Bible than the number of books that are still currently in the Bible. There are three times the number taken out, and literally, when you look at the Dead Sea Scrolls and how that got there, you literally find there was this group of people called the Essenes who stole this information from the councils that were trying to eradicate it and burning all this information, and they ran out into the desert and they hid it. And they were going to come back and get it later. And guess what? The people in the churches at the time hunted those people down and murdered them all, trying to get the information from them of where they hid that stuff and to eradicate them. Okay, go forward in time. The Roman Catholic Church, which knighted me, went to the south of France after uh, when they usurped the whole Jesus factor when he died. 
and got rid of his wife, she shows up, Mary Magdalene shows up in the south of France with a little girl called Sarah, which in uh, in Sanskrit means princess. And uh, when asked by the people in the south of France, who is this girl? Oh, she's my servant. That servant, a slave to Mary Magdalene, grew up and married a prince, a Merovingian prince, and became the queen of France. And their children could talk to animals and heal with their hands. And because of Mary's teaching, which is what Jesus was teaching, an entire religion uh, spawned in the south of France who were teaching Jesus's way of teaching things and saying that the church in Rome was evil and was stolen by evil people and they were not teaching what Jesus wanted. And if that were, and if that were the case, why is it that the Pope in Rome ordered the knights to go to the south of France and murder two and a half million uh, souls off of the face of the earth when there was only about eight million people worldwide at the time? They killed off a quarter of the population of the earth to shut them up. Okay, so again, if people want to say that Carla made this up, you can believe what you want, right? But when you start investigating the motives, what was the motive behind Dawn and Carla if they were inventing this entire thing? They didn't get rich off of it. No one even really knew what the law of one was. None of the six books made much money for them. Dawn killed himself before they had them all printed. And they were never able to channel uh, Raw again. Carla went on to channel people for the rest of her life until she died in 2015 or 2016, whatever that was. And uh, literally, she never got rich off of anything that she was doing, never got much credit for what she was doing. Yet this stuff persists to this day. It's only been uh, in the last uh, 10 years that these books have taken off, more so since I started talking about them and other people like me started talking about them in the last five years that they're getting any kind of popularity. Okay. The same thing happened with Jesus. Everything was, they tried to eradicate everything. And most of what Jesus's memory disappeared until Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John were written. None of those were written by Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Unless Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John lived to be between 100 and 600 years of age. Because uh, Jesus died in the year 33 and Mark was written in the year 100. And uh, Matthew, Luke, and John were written between 200 and 400 years later. Okay? So they weren't written uh, by unless they were passed down uh, and then published. Uh, so they, so it's very possible that none of those books, and that's what the contention was originally, was that, well, those aren't even real because they weren't written until this time by the people who were trying to discredit their religion. Do you see? And then that changes over time, when people stopped believing that, then they started to up with other reasons, including Jesus was invented. Now, it's possible that Jesus was invented because uh, the entire uh, analogy uh, is described as what goes on in the human body for ascension once a month. I talk about this in my book. That doesn't mean that Jesus didn't exist, that it didn't manifest, because I know for a fact that everything that is uh, within, as within, so without. That's the non-corrupted version of that that's in Matthew, by the way. Matthew 3, 18, verse 18. And I believe that's exactly when that is. Or it's Mark. I have it in my Bible. I don't have it near me at the time. But literally, Jesus is telling the story. Uh, and he says, and say, as below, so above. As without, so within. Uh, God is talking through Jesus. And he says, as you reap on earth, 
so or as you sow on earth, I shall too sow in heaven. What you reap on earth, I shall too reap in heaven. It's worded differently now in the New American Version uh, of the Bible. Okay, but that means as below, so above. As within, so without. So I, when my book hits the market, I'm hoping to get it published before December. Uh, I'm just about done with it now. I just have to come up with a cover uh, for it and, uh, and that sort of stuff. And then I'm going to end up paying my own money to get it published like the other books that I published. But uh, once I get that out there for people to read, I'm going to probably take a lot of heat and people are going to say I made the whole thing up. But I, I tell you that in there and I give you the science and I give you what they're going to use uh, to try and say that that I'm making it all up. Uh, so the history is there for you to look up. The etymology of the words are there. And the origin of the Jesus story is there in my book, okay, that will be coming out hopefully this year. Um, I've been told November uh, that it's going to hit. So I'm hoping that I, I'll get it out by then. I just have to go, go to hold my publisher and, and uh, get it to them and pay them the money to get it published. Uh, so, uh, but I, yeah, I, I got to get on that. Honestly, I, I'm, I've done, I'm done writing it. I've just been re-editing and editing it to, to, uh, cause so I can save myself some money. Uh, cause it's probably going to cost me three or four or $5,000 to get it published, but it's going to be freaking cool. You'll see. Uh, and most of you are getting some of this information anyways for free now. Uh, but you'll see when I get the book published. Okay. So. Literally, I think I'm going to stop here because I, well, I might go on a little bit more, but I want to do a commercial again because uh, I talked to Jacqueline. So Jacqueline Taylor tomorrow at noon uh, tomorrow here. So it'll be Saturday for me, uh, which is Friday evening right now at 5.01 p.m. Uh, West Coast America time. Uh, so Saturday, my time, West Coast America, that's GMT minus seven, depending on where you are in the world. If you're in the UK, you know what the GMT is because you're what GMT plus two or something like that. GMT minus seven. Uh, so it'll be noon my time. That's GMT minus seven. Uh, and uh, it'll be one-on-one um, -on -one with Jack. Uh, with Jack, It'll be Jacqueline Taylor and I'll be her guest. We'll be talking again about the law of squares. So we'll be talking high, high vibration spirituality. If you, uh, the introduction was last week, you should go to YouTube and look up or go to my page and get the link and um, watch uh, our show that we did for the introduction to the law of squares, because that is as low vibration as we're going to get. We're going to go high vibration tomorrow. I, we'll do at least an hour tomorrow on that. Then Monday, Orion Rising, my show, my podcast that I'm on now, will currently be back live at noon again, GMT minus seven. Monday, my time uh, with Stephen Myers and Stephen Myers and myself will be talking about the pyramids and all kinds of other theories. Einstein probably uh, guaranteed we'll be talking about Tesla at some point, the, uh, his theory on how the pyramids were built and the problem with uh, the uh, ideology of uh, the pyramids from the Egyptian standpoint, from a religious standpoint, from a scientific standpoint, from, uh, from uh, all of that, that is most of what you hear in the world is wrong and not true whatsoever about the pyramids. We'll be talking about that on Monday. And then back on Friday of next week, I'll be back here talking about the law of one again. I just wanted to do some commercials there uh, for to promote myself. I'm not making any money off of this. I, I lose hundreds and hundreds of dollars a year to do all of this and bring all of this information to you. Not a joke. Probably thousands of dollars a year I lose promoting and uh, producing 
all of the shows because I believe we also have another uh, up and coming. I don't know the exact date, but I will be producing for my my group, um, Ancient Aliens Worldwide. We have uh, another interview coming up that we haven't hammered out, so I can't announce exactly who, um, but we'll be doing that. Bo, welcome, brother. Uh, yeah, I know you just missed us. I might go on for a little bit longer, but not much because uh, I've been talking a lot. Uh, we'll take, uh, I think I'll do an, another couple of questions and answers here by Raw so that people can't say, oh my God, he just talks the whole fucking time, man. Never shuts up that guy. All right, here, let's continue. At this entity's physical dissolution from your third density physical plane, as we have said before, our teachings became. So we're talking about Akhenaten again here, right? So I, let's go back to that, right? <laughs> My mother's doing good today. Thanks, Anna, for asking. She's actually not trying to escape this week. Uh, uh, but she, if I go on here too long, she will. <laughs> you know what I mean? She might try to escape. Let's continue. Quickly perverted. Our structures returning once again to the use of the so-called royal or those with distortions towards power. 23.7 questioner. When you spoke of pyramid healing. I am assuming that the primary healing was for the mind. Is this correct? Ra, I am Ra. This is partially correct. The healing, if it is to be effectuated, must be a funneling without significant distortion of the INST reamings through the spiritual complex into the tree of mind. See, thank you, Angel, for saying that. Um, and, and thank you, Kari, for, for saying that. And Bo, good for you, brother. I told you, right? We talked about this. I told you, you got this, bro. You've been here before. You're going to be okay. You're a survivor. You're going to, you're going to be, and everything happens for a reason. So just think about that. The reason that you have now found your soulmate is because of everything that you've gone through in the last six months of your life or the last year of your life. Think about that now. If you hadn't done, gone through all of that, you would not have met the person that you just met. I'm just saying, brother, I love you. All right. All right. Let's continue, guys. There are parts of this mind which block energies flowing to the body complex. In each case, in each entity, the blockage may well differ. First, however, it is necessary to activate the sense of the spiritual channel or shuttle. Then whether the blockage is from spiritual to mental or from mental to physical, or whether it may simply be a random and purely physical trauma, healing may then be carried out. 23.8 Questioner, when you started building the pyramid at Giza using thought, were you at that time in contact with incarnate Egyptians and did they observe this building? Ra, I am Ra. At that time we were not in close contact with incarnate entities upon your plane. We were responding to a general calling of sufficient energy in that particular location to merit action. We sent thoughts to all who were seeking our information. The appearance of the pyramid was a matter of tremendous surprise. However, it was carefully designed to coincide with the incarnation of one known as a great architect. This entity was later made into a deity, in part due to this occurrence. 23.9 Questioner, what name did they give this deity? Ra, I am Ra. This deity had the sound vibration complex, Imhotep. 23.10 Questioner, thank you. Then as an overall success, what can you tell me about the relative success of the pyramid in any way at all? So before I finish that, so Angel said, do you ever think that Asians uh, making aliens... Um, well, the, the Asian race uh, is is um, partly uh, all of the races. Let me give you. Let me go back here and give you some information. All of the races that are here currently on this planet are a manifestation in the physical of the races that souls that occupy this earth came from in another guise. 
So everyone says, well, we were created by aliens and, and that our DNA is a mixture of all these alien races that they use. Um, and that has a little bit of truth in it only because as above, so below as, as, you know, as within, so without. Um, so the, some of the beings that are here, <clears throat> I have to word this just right because the universe doesn't want me to tell you some of this. Okay. This is the problem with being a Melchizedek is that we know a little bit more than we're supposed to. Mediums will tell you this too. They'll get to a point where they can't say something. So I have to word this just right. Okay. Some of the souls that are occupying this earth were, were, it came from the race of people that we call, um, see, I'm, I'm drawing a blank. I can see it. Uh, I can't think of the, the word right now to describe them. Uh, mantis, praying mantis. Have you seen the praying mantis, the, the animal that we have on the earth? There is an alien race that are them only eight feet tall. Okay, so imagine a praying mantis being eight feet tall and weighing about 500 pounds, five to 800 pounds. Okay, those exist in real life. And the Asian people are a manifestation on earth. Some of the DNA... Uh, is is there. It's a residual memory of the souls that are here, just like the Africans are are one race and the, and the white race, the Aryans are the Patal. Um, that's a, a race of people that came here um, when we got here. Uh, the people who came from Orion, especially the belt of Orion, were the Patal or are the Patal. And the manifestation 10,000 years ago is when the, when the Aryan race appeared on this earth. There is no, uh, there is no uh, um, DNA proof that that race was here prior to that on the planet, just arrived here and they don't know how it got here. It's because everything that's here is a manifestation of everything that's here. Okay. And until people start to realize that, uh, it's confusing. So, so are the Asian people making aliens so that look like the greys say uh the greys some of them are indigenous to this earth uh they just live inside the earth in in one place or another uh and the uh, some of them are bio robots they're actually not they don't have a soul in them uh so they're so in some ways yes because there is, I know about uh, the false flag narrative of an alien invasion, and some of the aliens that you will see that they will show you will be reminiscent of what you've already seen in movies because they, they you're familiar with that. So they're going to sell you if they do roll out that alien invasion, they're going to sell you on showing you aliens, and it's always going to be something that you've already seen in movies and uh, uh, before or heard described by people. Uh, so in some ways, yes, the technology from some of these people, Asians, the Chinese, uh, 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 is going to be a factor in uh, what you're going to see. But is it like, say, the Chinese government trying to to take over the world by just doing that? No, they're in conjunction with all the other uh, nations in the world. The, the entire idea of war on this earth is a lie and it's created just to lower the population to gain and to gain more power 
by people or it's uh, people in the same families vying for power to take control from their cousins, sisters, brothers, aunts, uncles, dad, grandpa, and they're tired of uh, being living under their control. And then they assassinate and go to war with each other. That's the truth of that. Um, I would say watch, um, uh, is it uh, Jupiter rising? Watch Jupiter rising with, um, with what's his name? Uh, Channing Tatum and, uh, and uh, um, uh, Mila Kunis. Uh, about adrenal chrome <laughs> and about the galactic uh, group of people culling planets and that earth is literally a cornfield um, of humans and that they're cull for adrenal chrome. Um, literally watch that movie and you'll hear that the, the more to the point of what's happening in the universe than um, reality down here, closer to the real narrative of what's going on uh, it, it, then, then what's going on down here and what's being sold to you. That's why that movie was kind of stifled and didn't do as well as it should have because there was a little bit more truth to that movie than they wanted people to realize. So they had to back off of that. It's just like Dune. If you watch the movie with Jason Momoa, that's literally the first book. It ends exactly the way Frank Herbert's book ends. I read those books when I was... 15, 16, 17 years old when they were uh, on the market back then uh, in the 80s. And I loved those books. And they made a movie in 1982 or 86 or somewhere around then. Uh, and that movie was, they tried to condense all three of the first three books into one movie. And it didn't, it was okay, uh, but it didn't work out as well as it should have. Uh, but what they, hopefully they'll make the rest of them. Uh, but the one that just came out and whenever that was 2017 or 2016, 17, 18, whenever that was 19 just came out not too long ago, just pre COVID with Jason Momoa that literally leaves you hanging in the middle of the desert on the planet Arrakis, otherwise known as Dune. Uh, and, uh, that was beautifully done because it's exactly the book. They didn't change much. Um, uh, as I was watching the movie, I was like, wow, this is far closer to the books than the first movie was and i really enjoyed it so if you want to see this that is about being stuck in the savior character um uh and, it, and it's telling this kind of the same story uh you know if you want to read mythos uh look up joseph campbell's book a hero of a thousand faces where joseph campbell one of my mentors um, I didn't know him personally. He was a mentor, not knowing he was my mentor. Uh, as I was growing up, I learned about him and was watching his conversations that he had. And uh, you can still see his conversations and some of his teachings from college on YouTube. He wrote a book called The Hero of a Thousand Faces, where he actually understood um, he understood the mythos of mythology and that the savior character in mythology was the same. And he wrote a book uh, kind of describing that without being religiously theologic uh, in his in his uh, um, describing of it, where my book that I'll be writing will be a little bit more showing religion, but it is still the same about mythos and mythology because all of the religions that are out there going back all the way to Mesopotamia, you know, uh, Marduk is the same character as Jesus. Marduk is the same character as Thor. Marduk is the same character as Hercules, all of those um, uh, Achilles, all of those characters in those different pantheons were the same character. Um, Jason and the Argonauts, uh, Leonidas, my namesake, 
it, it was the same. Those care, those people took on the personification of the hero, of the savior, of the people. My name means that. My name is a title. Uh, my my name literally, Leonard Edward O'Neill is my name. Leonard is Leonidas. It's Lionheart, Leonardo. Lionheart, Edward means guardian, and O'Neill means son of champion of the people. So my name literally is Lionheart, strength of the lion, guardian, champion of the people. Um, I chose that name when I got to this planet for a reason. Right. Then when I was baptized in the Christian religion, in the Roman Catholic religion, I chose Gabriel, who literally is the messenger, one of the messengers of God. And my my older brother who died at six months of age was named Gabriel. So I chose Gabriel and the nun said you should be Leo, St. Leo. So my Christian name, my given name or my Christian name is Leonard Edward Gabriel uh, Leo O'Neill. Sir Knight, Leonard Edward Gabriel Leo O'Neill. So, and then my initials, L-E-O, are Leo. Do you see? So, uh, and and uh, I'm literally a Virgo because I was born September 10th. But if you change the calendar from the Greco-Roman back to the original 13-month, uh, 28-day, 13-moon calendar that the planet went by until the Romans took charge, I am then shifted backwards to a Leo. So literally, I am I am a quadruple Leo, quad Leo, and uh, Leo is the Greek word for lion, <laughs> right? The, the we have the word lion from the French, Lion, spelled L-I-O-N, Lion, saying the same Greek word Leo, Leo, Lion, uh, and then people would read it and read it wrongly from the French Lion to lion, <laughs> lion, lion. Uh, and that's how we got the English word lion, do you see? So it, the, the, my whole purpose of telling all of this is when you break things down to their common denominator, you find that the story is completely different than the narrative and how it, you could then see, right? Lion King Savannah, right? Uh, you know, think about that now, look that up, right? So look up the word Savannah and see its origin and its etymology, right? And and see that, right? Turtle, Plato, right? Oh, see, you're actually onto that, Angel. <laughs> you're onto that, I think, uh, uh, more than most people are realizing. So literally what you have to do is you have to look at, you have to look at um, the base root of everything to figure it out. That's philosophical. And when I was in uh, philosophy in college back in the early 90s, uh, Philosophy 101 uh, literally teaches that to really understand, truly understand something that was philosophical thought by, say, Plato, like you were saying, like you were talking about, Angel, uh, like, um, right? Yeah, yeah, for, yeah, forget Disney, right? They're out of control. Yeah, Disney's version of the Lion King angels talking about now. So literally, if you uh, if you want to understand Plato or Socrates uh, or Aristotle or any of these people, Greco-Roman um, philosophical trains of thought or Nietzsche, uh, uh, more contemporary or Emerson to be completely contemporary, you have to um, get into the mind of that person. You have to learn about the person. Where did the person live? When? 
what what country, what you what year, so what time of the of history, what was happening uh, in that person's life, what education did they have to actually understand the motivation behind what they had said and why they said it at the time they said it to actually understand what they really are truly trying to say because we apply things from the past to now. And we try to, to see them in our eyes now, not understanding why a person, what motivated them to write what they wrote, but to, to try and apply it to now. That is literally saying uh, that all the truths we cling to de depend greatly on a certain point of view, ours, because we're seeing things only through the lens of today. We're not applying things to the past and what they meant to the people. Do you see? And we have, and we apply things to our judgment today. That's why uh, they they want you to do that. That's why they're doing that now around the world and destroying history by saying, "Well, America is inherently slave uh, slavery, and so is whatever nation that you're in." And uh, if you're in America, they're saying that. Therefore, we have to eradicate all of of American history and change the names of any school that was called Washington or Lincoln or anything else. Uh, I literally grew up in the city of Concord. California, Concord, California, it just voted the other day uh, because the high school was called the Concord Minutemen. And uh, that was put together because of Concord, Massachusetts, by the immigrants who came out to and were living in that area. And uh, to, because of the founding of the nation and the Minutemen and what they fought and died for to uh, as patriots to create the nation of America and the 13 colonies fighting against tyranny uh, to do so. And uh, most people, they're like, well, they're claiming now, well, most people that are here at the school don't even know what a Minuteman is. And so we're trying to change the name to a bear because that's the state animal of California. Uh, because they can relate to that. Well, that's because you teach them about the bear and you're not teaching people about the Minutemen anymore. So therefore they don't have any reference point. That would be like me telling someone about Jesus who has never heard of Jesus before. And they are a devout, say, Muslim. And all they know is what Muhammad said and what and, and most of everything Muhammad said starts with, remember what Moses said. Okay, so... If I then started to try and convert you and I was trying to teach you Jesus, you're going to go, who's this Jesus character? I have no idea. So if you look at time, the Roman Catholic Church, when they went to try and uh, convert the Vikings the, and, the, and the Celts, they literally went over there and changed the, all of their holidays at, to match all of the current holidays that we have today. Because all of a sudden, Jesus was born on December 25th. And what does that have to do with some fat guy in a sleigh, either wearing a green garb, red garb, or yellow garb, right? Um, talking about Santa Claus, right? And that whole uh, thing is a Christian construct anyways. Santa Claus is St. Claus, right? But, that, but that's not where all that came from. It was a conglomeration of Kris Kringle and Santa Clausa. And uh, th those words, uh, if you look them up, mean something different. And, and uh, oh, in Western culture, Santa Claus is now wearing red. But if you were over in France and Germany and, and uh, in the Scandinavian countries, he was either wearing green, white, or yellow. Okay, so a lot of people say, well, Santa Claus has to do with this mushroom and the yellow and, or the red and the white is because of the mushrooms of the Vikings. And I'm like, really? That's weird because their Santa Claus doesn't wear red.
<laughs> so anyone who says that and tries to sell you on what well, was the ancient religion of the Vikings and that the priests at the time were giving people a psilocybin uh, by having them eat these mushrooms that they were had the mushroom caps were uh, red and white spotted and uh, and that is what the whole Santa Claus thing was because they dried the mushrooms on these on the evergreen tree I'm like that only plays out from the Christian standpoint because the the people that you're talking about their Santa Claus to this day doesn't wear red. It's catching on because it's becoming more popular around the world because the companies have gone worldwide that are selling the red and white Santa Claus. But in, if you go and look in all of history, none of Europe had red and white until it was in, invented in America. So that theory that it was the mushrooms it can't be because the mushrooms weren't that color. That actual theory I talk about in my book, Santa Claus's hat and having the little dangle tassel coming off the hat is the hippocampus in your brain. It's the shape of the hippocampus in your brain. And the claustrum, where you get Santa Clausa from, is the claustrum is in your brain, and that is the chimney in your brain that is in the hippocampus. And uh, Santa Claus going down your chimney and going back up your chimney and leaving presents for you is the Christos, the Christ. And it's the oil that is in your body that goes down, comes from your third eye and your and your uh, uh, it comes from the the uh, the pituitary gland in your in your third eye. Uh, and those two oils mix together and go down to Bethlehem. Uh, and that is where Christ is born in Bethlehem and they rise back up and, and it, it goes into your brain and it dies. It lays dormant for two point five days and it is crucified. Uh, and then it expands your consciousness when it illuminates your brain cells uh, after 2.5 days and it's resurrected and illuminates. That is the story of, of Thor descending into Midgard, which is where the humans live, and proving himself to his father to be worthy and drawing the, the sword from the stone, wait, the war hammer stuck in the stone, and then ascending with this army of, of humans back into heaven, back to Asgard, the, the midbrain, uh, and then using his lightning uh, hammer, Mjolnir, the name of Thor's hammer, Thor, by the way, means thunder, and Mjolnir means lightning. And it is, and it is, he is the god of thunder and lightning because he cracks the sky and drives away, scares away Finrir the wolf, who is covered the mind in darkness and illuminates the sky with his lightning bolt from his war hammer and illuminates the consciousness that is the same as the Christos, the Christ being born in Bethlehem and raising up. And it is the same as Santa Claus going down the claustrum and uh, coming back with presence. And if you are good for goodness sake and you're not crying and you're not pouting and you're not evil, you don't get coal, you're not eating from the tree of life and then you get illuminated and Santa Claus gives you these presents. It has nothing to do with the psilocybin, although that has the same effect. <laughs> so uh, it could be then generated at a certain time by these priests giving people this uh, uh, mushrooms to eat to expand their consciousness, which does the same. And that's the same thing as an ayahuasca DMT or mushroom uh, trip today that you would take. Uh, so that story isn't entirely wrong that had to do with the mushrooms and the mushroom cap. Uh, and a friend of mine who is uh, very famously talked about that. I'm not saying he was wrong, 
Um, and so if the word gets back to him, it says, well, he's lying saying you're lying. He's not. He's, he's just not 100 percent accurate, just like the religions are not wrong. They're just not 100 percent accurate. If you trace back the Jesus character far enough, um, people would say that, well, then it was just created by the Romans because they knew what the Egyptians and the and the uh, and the Greeks knew at the time. Yeah, but that story doesn't set, uh, doesn't work because of the creation of that just to control people because that story happened uh, throughout time many other times. So uh, and it didn't change. So there. So I talk about that in my book. Uh, so was Jesus a real character? When people ask me that as a priest, um, I say that it, I tell them this: it is not actually important whether he lived at all. What is important is the message that he was trying to teach you. That is more important than finding a place and saying, look, we found this body from this character that's his DNA traces back to another character that we believe was Jesus's mom. So this is actually Jesus's body. That would be important if you needed that, that information to prove that Jesus existed, but you still can't then prove that anything that Jesus, what the people were claiming he said, he actually did say. Do you see? So if you go down the road of, of empirical proof of whether or not Jesus existed, you have to then go down the, the then the burden becomes the empirical proof of did he actually say those things? And those are just as easily discounted by uh, any kind of, of man-made anything, because this place is nothing but discounted knowledge. There is no true knowledge. Uh, except for what you make of it, because all the truths we cling to depend greatly on our point of view. So the truth is that you have to decide for yourself because nothing can be proven or disproven. Pro try to prove that something is or is not a coincidence. That word has no proof. The very word in and of itself says there is no empirical proof that something is. So how can that word coincidence have empirical proof that it is because by its definition it is saying that everything has no empirical proof if you give it this word coincidence look up that word it's a it's a catch-22 the word is based on itself it's like uh it's like a science so some people in science will tell you that that all of uh, uh, science is wrong because here's how science is uh is based science is based on either isotopic residue and the breaking down of, of radiation, okay? And what is the radiation, uh, breakdown of radiation based on for age? Tree rings. Tree rings are, are what the theory of the, uh, uh, is weighed against. We can say that the isotopes of radiation diminishes at this uh, rate of speed. And to approve that, we have these things called tree rings. Then when you go and say, what are tree rings based on? They say on the isotope theory. So the truth is that they only work in conjunction with each other. There is no empirical proof that one works by itself without, without reporting that the other one is what they're basing their theory on. So that's a catch-22. Take one away and they both don't exist. Okay? So... So you have to take some assumptions and say, well, it's, the time exists here. And if that is a constant, which there's no proof of that either. So when you try to break down everything in this place, it is designed so that there is no definitive proof. There is no empirical proof of anything.
being in existence, up to and including the ether itself, which is space-time. Okay? There is no empirical proof that that exists. When you try to look at it, it changes. Okay? That is the grand unified theories. That is the, the, the theory of observation. When you observe a particle, it changes the trajectory of that particle. This, now I'm getting into particle physics and, and all of that. Probably you guys won't understand. Okay, so to look at something changes that thing. So if you don't observe it and you only true check its path from start a point A to point B, it's predictable that it'll end up in the same place. But when you try to look at it along its path to find out what it's doing, it doesn't have the same result ever at the other end that it does when you don't look at it. So the art of looking at it, however you can illuminate that, adds energy to it and changes its course. All particles. 100%. Okay. So you can't prove that something exists in between because when you look at it in between two spaces, it doesn't have the same result at the end that it would when you're not looking at it. So literally how you look at something changes your perspective because it changes everything. So your perception of this place changes this place. Do you see? So that's viewer-created reality. Something doesn't exist until you witness it. And when you witness it, it's no longer the same thing that was there before you were witnessing it because now you're witnessing it and you are creating it. So that theory in and of itself has now developed into viewer-created reality being more of a thing that we are actually creating this place. Okay, now I'm getting into way advanced physics <laughs> And way high, uh, I should stop. But we'll be talking about this somewhat uh, and try to stay off the physics math of this tomorrow uh, because the, I could do an entire book just on that. And there's a video that, that Jacqueline uh, forwarded to me and I started watching. I got about 25 minutes in and I laughed and said, this is what we were talking about. She goes, I know, right? Uh, so science is literally onto what I'm telling you now. And there are people are making money writing books and getting the Nobel Prize. Two guys got the Nobel Prize for what I just said to you. And I already knew this back in 1991. Okay. And I walked away from all of that in 91, but I already knew what I'm just telling you right now. What I said to you right now was a theory I had in 1991. I was literally, while I was in college, I didn't know that my buddy, my best friend, uh, his father was a, a physics major in college and was a lifer in the air. And I knew he was a lifer in the Navy, but I didn't know he was a physics major in college. He was a physicist. I did not know that. And uh, I was talking about uh, being in uh, college and uh, taking physics and that I was going to prove that Einstein's theory of relativity was wrong and that Einstein's idea of nothing faster than the speed of light, except for tachyons, was also wrong. And he said, looked at me, who was 17, 18, I was 18 at the time, 17 or 18, I think it was 18. And he says, well, how do you, what, what makes you think that Einstein is wrong, that you're going to prove that Einstein's wrong. And so I gave him my theories and he went, what? How do you even think that? What is that based on? And so I said, I'm sure you probably don't uh, understand this. And he says, no, 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 hold on. Um, let me explain to you who I am. And the, the kids were all laughing at me. And I was like, what are you guys laughing at? And they're like, my, the, my dad's a physics major. He, that's, what he, that's why he's in the Navy, as a lifer in the Navy and has the job he has because he's a scientist. And I was like, what? I did not know that about you. So he said, how do you know what you know? Tell me what you base your theory on. And I explained it to him and he went, what? He says, oh my God, this is groundbreaking. How do you know this? Can you prove that? And I said, I I'm going to. 
And this is how. And I and so I started talking to him and he was like, oh, my God, you can win a Nobel Prize with this. And then he said, you need to not tell them. He told me this. He was in the Navy at the time. He said, you need to shut up. You need to not tell them this. They can't know this. They will turn this into the biggest weapon ever known to the history of the world. You can't you can't let them know this. And I was like, shut up, dude. You're just trying to stop me because you're probably going to take my theory and publish it and make money. And I was this smart ass kid. Well, it wasn't but a year or two later when I realized that what he was saying was true. And I burned all my notes uh, and I literally walked away from the think tanks, which they continued working on. Uh, and the other guys that were thinking what I was thinking continued and those guys got popular and people are now their kids, grandkids. And, you know, two generations later are starting to to work further. And these guys that are in the industry now uh, that are that have worked on the things of the guys that were working on the things that we were working on from other people like Einstein and Tesla um, furthered and furthered this information. And uh, I'll never get any credit for any of it. I don't really care. Um, but. They furthered this stuff, and now they're coming to the conclusions that some of us knew then, but would but refuse to tell them. And now science is starting to catch on and get on board with and go, what? And now they're literally starting to say what Nikola Tesla knew in 1903 to 1933. Literally that the ether is mechanical, not natural. So literally it's a hologram. He just didn't have the word hologram yet. That wasn't invented until like 1938 after his demise where they coined the frame hologram. Okay. So that wasn't a thing yet. So he called the ether and the ether is what the, the Greeks called space time. They called it the ether. And it was referred to as that uh, even in the modern day. And most scientists still refer to space time as ether, unless they're trying to describe something for common folk to actually understand what they're saying. And then they'll say space time. Okay. But otherwise they say ether or ether. And uh, literally I posted that reel, which is a quote from Nikola Tesla. I made that. And he literally says, uh, all these people in, in history are trying to prove the ether and it didn't work. And all these brainiacs of his time in the, in the uh, 1900s to 1930s uh, in the world were trying to prove and, they, and none of their theories would work. And he says, I literally use ether as and assume that ether is as and treated as mechanical in nature and all of my theories work. Okay. And if you're, if you don't know anything about physics, you have no idea what that meant when I showed that. And 99% of the population have no idea what that means because they don't even know what the ether is and they don't know what the ether being mechanical means, but that's, I'm telling you what it means. Nikola Tesla literally assumed that most of space time was a hologram was not real. And then all of his theories, he had success in his equations, okay? And that was because he actually understood 3, 6, and 9, okay? I understand that. And when I mention it to science now, they're just catching up. And I knew this years and years and years ago back then. You ask a scientist now, what is gravity? What's gravity? They're going to say, they're either going to make up some bullshit story or they're going to say, we don't know. If they're honest with you, they're going to say, we really don't know. Okay, And that's because they don't want to know, because they're still trying to say there is nothing existential, right? There is nothing natural and uh, a God or energy of the universe at all. Therefore, gravity has to be 
some molten core of copper or some other conductive material inside the earth, which they've never gone to, so they have no idea. And so it's all theoretical. And then the turning of the planet itself is generating electricity the same way we do with a generator by having copper and then having filaments of copper scraping against filaments of metal. And that is, creates conductivity and friction. And the friction turns into electricity and the electricity goes into the copper or manifests from the copper. And they don't know how that happens. Uh, and then they can channel that into uh, a, 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 a trough of water with acid in it, battery, and it'll charge the particles in the, the acid water and electrify them uh, with, and, and polarize them, which gives them energy. Okay, that's electricity uh, in a battery, okay? Uh, but they have no idea how, but they can't prove it because it's just a theory. So, but I, I actually know what gravity is. They don't want to know that. Gravity is a, a base root of ether that is mechanical in nature. So it is a hologram, okay? And it is completely based on our energy. Three energy is us as the creator. We are the creator, so we create. We have the energy to create because we are alive and being alive gives you energy. Okay, and time space or space time, but in this case, time space is another three energy. Nature is a three energy. And when I take my energy and put it into the energy of space time, I can then change space time to whatever I want it to be because I am a co-creator. Thank you. Angel says right when I say it, that was perfect. Co-creator pops up on my screen as I'm saying it. So that was good timing. I know you're like 30 seconds behind, but so you were ahead of what I was saying, anticipating what I was saying, but it popped up exactly when I was saying it. So as a co-creator, because why am I a co-creator? Because this place was already created before I got here by us when we were one. And then I got here as an individual and I have, then you can read this in one of the Dead Sea Scrolls, the human race, the human condition was created with what? An, an indestructible ability. Indestructible ability in 5,000 years ago meant immortality, meant something that was immortal, that was forever. Okay, so the human race, the human condition was created with an indestructible ability. That's the ability to create. So we're we're creators of this place, but we're co-creators because we have to take this place and create it and change it to what we want. That's written in the in the different Bibles. So that's the three energy plus the three energy, and that equals the six energy. And then if you're stuck in this place, that's all you are is in here, able to control 3D reality. That is all that evil can do. And that's why they're why they want control, they want power, they want money. All the things that they want are through dimensional in this place. Fame, power, cash, control, all of that is all here. It's not 5G, it's all stuck here. So when you get to 5G, 4G and 5G, the only way that you can do that is on the spiritual side, and, and that is through your heart. And the only way that you can create is actually through your heart. Drumvalo Melchizedek proved this in a think tank that he was a part of that he walked away from in 2012. That he, They were studying this when they were still working with the government, which I had nothing to do with at that time. And they were trying to show that you can teach people how to crystallize the heart chakra and then actually 
check into and use the charm of making, which I'll give to you in the ancient Irish, but not the Welsh. The Welsh is very similar, but more eloquent. I'll give you the Irish uh, a version of the charm of making, and then I'll give it to you in English uh, and tell you what it means. And you'll see that what I'm talking about, I talk about this in my book as well. And I've said this many times throughout history in since for the last my teaching for the last 35 years. That literally by using the, the charm of making, which is tapping into the heart chakra to create only people that are pure of heart. There's the drawing the sword from the stone. The only way that you can draw the, the, the sword, if you go by the druid teaching out of the heart of the dragon. So that's literally the uh, Arthur's sword was stabbed into the heart of the dragon. Uh, literally is you have pulled that the only of the pure of heart is the true leader. And that is what Thor had to do to pick up his war hammer. Once he was cast down to earth, living as a mortal, he had to prove that he was a pure at heart and not evil. And then he could pick up the war hammer and ascend back to heaven. So it's the same story. So literally when you can uh, use the charm of making in your heart and literally uh, to create you have to be pure of heart. So the people who are evil, who are trying to control the world and seek power and make weapons, have to get good people to manifest because they can't do it. Okay. And the charm of making uh, tells that and the charm of making is literally, I have that this posted by the way, on a, a reel or a, a, you know, whatever you want to call it, depending on the, you know, but literally I show you from last year during uh, coming up to the end of the year uh, when I was posting those in different languages, about Father Time, I show you one, and it says, Anal Nathrach Uthvas Bethod Dothiel Dienve. That's the, the ancient Irish or Gaelic uh, 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 charm of making. That charm of making translates into English as these words. Okay? Anal Nathrach, all that is nature. Uthvas Bethod, and of time space, or end of space time. Do heed my intention or do hear my call. That is the charm of making translated into English, to modern English. Okay. That is literally three plus three equals six. That is, that is me as the three energy calling to all that is nature and time space. Heed my intention. I'm using my energy that is three and I am adding it to the three energy of na of the, of of nature and time space, and that creates the six energy. Then when I do that again, and I take my intention and my energy again, and I add that to the six energy, that becomes the nine energy. And the nine energy, that's three plus six now, three plus three plus three equals nine. Nine energy is the hex boson. That is the God energy. That is the energy of creation. But it is now stagnant. It is not. The, it is now the the everything is the potentiation. It is what is nine. Nine is both zero and and everything, all and nothing. The alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. It is now inert. Is sitting there waiting, but it is potentially infinite possibility and energy. And it is only when you say, then again, my intention into the nine. Nine plus three becomes what? Twelve. And twelve is what? One plus three right? Or one plus two is three. And that's the back to the three energy, right? And so, yes, you're, you're on to it with your one, four, and three, well, 143. You're on to, uh, you're on to that because when you go through the zero point, right? Or 12, 12 is three. And if you go past that, it becomes what? 15, right? And what is 15? But one plus five is six. So the truth is they're both multiples of three, six, and nine. And why is that? Because nine is the controlling hex boson, 
that uh, keeps everything infinite. And you either go all the way inward to zero point or you go outward from that zero point or inward from that zero point, whichever. And it is the 100% free energy, the God energy, the energy of creation. Okay. I don't know if I lost some of you in that explanation. I explained that uh, in my book and I take a little bit more time to explain that properly in my book. So you'll get that when the book comes out. Um, but physicists are going to be, what the hell is he saying? Uh, some of them are going to run with it. Some of them are going to me. Some people are going to say I'm crazy and I made it all up and I'm going to get far more pushback than I even do now. Uh, but, but I'm still putting it out there because it's time. Okay. It is time. All right. And but 143 angel. I love that. That should be an angel number. That is an angel number. Right. So uh, but so one, four and three, if you add those up and take them down to the common denominator, one and four is five and five and three is eight. That's infinity. Right. And what is eight? But two times four or what? You know, or four times four plus four plus four plus four plus. Did I say that right? <laughs> no, two plus two plus two plus two plus two. Right. Uh, and uh, so literally that's infinity. Right. So that's when you get the and this is where our math is wrong, because the eight is the infinity symbol and nine is the hex boson. Uh, right. But what is nine? But one but one eight, one plus eight. Right. So that's literally the zero point. That's why it's infinity. So literally you're one hundred and forty three by the Pythagorean theorem is eight or four or two. OK. Um, if you take it down to its common denominator, but 143 equals eight. Um, so literally, and then if you do the use the four and the three or the one four and the three uh, in in um, typing for computer programming, you can't use the four. But the but you know the four and the three make a heart, right? <laughs> they make the the heart uh, the infinity symbol. Uh, so one heart uh, is also what that stands for, right? Uh, is so so again right yeah or one plus or one 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 right yes or two 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 uh, right and twenty two thirty three eleven those are all ascended master numbers eleven twenty two and thirty three respectively in that order and my life number is a thirty three by the way I didn't know anything about that I didn't even know what it meant until twenty eighteen or nineteen and somebody asked me about it and I was like I don't even know what that is and they're like give me the date. Uh, you know, the, you, the your birth date, day, you know, month, date, year and time. Uh, and I was like, OK. I, and I said all that and uh, found out uh, somebody just asked, what day were you born on? I'm like, you know, I don't know what day that was. So I looked that up. I was born on a Sunday. I was I thought it was a Wednesday. I was born on a Sunday. Uh, and I'm like, well, that makes even more sense. Sunday being the day of sun or the day of God, depending on the religion that you're fostering. And I'm like, wow, OK. And I was born in the evening. Uh, I was born at like is it 917 or something like that or 719 or something like that. Even even so, 7 and 9 uh, is 8 and 8 and 9 is or 7 and 1 is 8 and 8 and 9 is 17, which is 8 again. <laughs> right. So if you add all those up, the common denominator again is 33 or 3 or 22 or 11 uh, or 8 hex boson. So my entire life. Uh, is is organized around uh, ascended master numbers all the way around the board for everything to the second that I was born. Insane. I didn't know any of that until I started learning about it. So that's crazy, right? Right, Rick said four is my favorite numbers than either 44 or 22. And uh, 44 and 22 are interchangeable because 
44 is 22 plus 22. Do you see? Uh, so it's the same. And they have the base and same base root number is two out of all of those, which is one plus one. Right. And everything goes down to one if you do that. But otherwise, the, the fours, if you add them up, they're eight. Right. Forty four equals eight uh, or, you know, or they drop, drop down from there. So but if you add them together like Pythagoras would, forty four is eight. Again, I know that sounds crazy and some people have no idea what any of that means or why it's important. And they're like, what the hell do people keep doing all that for? There's a reason for all that. And if you look at one of my memes that I have out there, one of my reels or shorts, uh, the latest one, no, because I just made a new one. But the one just uh, the one I made yesterday, the one before that, which has like 700 or 800 uh, views, that one shows you the math. And then if you look at the Enigma of 24, which is... Uh, done a, f a few months ago now or a month or two ago, that one, the Enigma of 24 shows you the repetitiveness. Uh, and if you read all the math that's uh, that's involved, that I have a nephew that's currently actually figuring out the math to that. I don't know if you ever finished. I'll have to ask my brother. He's trying to he's trying to prove it. I said, show this to your son. Tell, him, tell me what he thinks. And I asked him, I said, what is your son? He goes, oh my God, he's, he's obsessed with it. He's trying to figure it out. I'm like, well, he will. The answer is right there in front of him. He's just trying to prove it. Um, but literally you should look up that Enigma of 24. I did not create that but I know about it and I've known about it my entire life. And the guy who wrote that didn't invent it either. The Enigma of 24 it goes back to Pythagoras. He knew about it and that was 5,000 years ago, right? But, but this guy in the modern day showed it and proved it. So you see the visual, if you go and look at my reels, you'll see the visual of the, and literally shows the Enigma of 24, it says, and then it shows the, literally what you see is the visual in front of your eyes is what all the math around there uh, tells you uh, what everything is. It shows you the Fibonacci sequence, Fibonacci sequence of the Enigma of 24, the, the Fibonacci sequence. Fibonacci's numbers repeat every 24 cycles, so it's a closed circuit. So 24 is the highest closed circuit or the lowest closed circuit that has to do with 3, 6, and 9 that is above 3, 6, and 9 because everything reduces down to either 3, 6, or 9, and that is shown in my, in my math as well that everything is controlled by that. So all the other numbers that are not 3, 6, and 9, 1, 2, uh, four, seven, eight, right? One, two, four, seven, eight. Those numbers, did I miss any? No, it's three, six, and nine. One, two, four, seven, eight. Those four, seven, and eight, those numbers, one, two, four, seven, and eight, all those numbers, if you add them all up, they all equal either three, six, or nine, depending on the combination that you add those numbers up. So if you add them to, together in any order, if you go, you know, one plus five is six, right? One plus seven is eight. Do you see? Uh, one plus eight is nine. And then if you go uh, three or, or two, two plus uh, four is six, right? Two plus seven is nine. So all of those numbers in between add up to multiples of either three, six or nine. So all of the digits from zero to nine, which is what all of the mathematical equations are based on, should actually be on the number 12, not the number 10. Uh, going from nine and then stopping and going nine to zero or one plus zero, meaning the next tier, it should go up to 12, three, six, nine, 12. And we should be counting by the multiples of 12. It makes math change completely and there are no fractions. Uh, the only way that we understand fractions, and I don't mean fractals because fractals exist. Um, I, I can get into that. I talk about that in my book as well. Uh, fractals are the Fibonacci sequence and uh the other, the other portion is the golden mean ratio. 
Um, they're both two. We talked about that. If you want to hear about that, explained a little bit, you should go, yes, right? Why 12 equals 72? So, Angel, you and I are going to have to talk. Unless you're looking this up, you're a mathematician. You might have some applied math skills because you actually understand. Uh, yes, so why, tw why 12 equals 72? And that is, uh, that is also in frequency and in revelations. So you should look up my uh, Enigma of 24 because you'll get that more. Uh, but you may already know that. We may have to have a conversation uh, off air. <laughs> yeah, Florida. Look up Florida. Oh, you're making some really good connections. And we need to talk, Angel. <laughs> you should contact me when I'm off air so we can have a conversation. I'm not joking. Because <laughs> you you are very, the things you are saying are not done on accident. Right. That's like Peter with his math. If you see Peter, Peter, punch in some of your math. Angel will probably give us the, the answer. I, I just want, don't say it when Peter starts doing that. So, yeah, Angel, you should, guys should look up Florida. Right. Look up what that means. Florida. Look up the word Florida. Right. And uh, and look up the definition, the way it's cut there. That's just like um, th that's like uh, um, um, what's word song real. Right. Uh, uh, da Vinci, the Da Vinci Code, the book and the movie talked about that. The movie Holy Blood, Holy Grail is based on that. Uh, in, in fact, song real, uh, if you take that word and you cut it into two words, song real uh, and, or song real as one word, uh, that means holy blood or holy grail, holy, holy bloodline, as in uh, the prince. Uh, or Holy Grail, Holy Blood, Holy Grail, Song Grial or Song Grial, uh, it, depending on where they translated that word in the Bible, changes the course of history when they were talking about Jesus uh, and his uh, whether or not he had descendants. So, right, Prima, yeah, Prima. Well, where does that word come from, uh, right? Prime, Primo, Primo, that's uh, Greek and Latin, right? Uh, so where do those words, the etymology of that? I was just, I have that in my book as well. Um, literally primo is a, is a Latin or, or Spanish word, Castilian. It comes from the Latin, which comes from, uh, from, from primus uh, for, or primo, prima from the Greek. I actually break that down in my book. Uh, so a lot of the words that we use have meanings and people don't understand what those words mean. Right. Yeah. C equals cousin. Right. <laughs> right. So, yeah, people don't know what this stuff means. So you have some good etymology skills, which just means language. If you're speaking a certain language, if you're speaking Latin or Spanish, right? Etymology means, or uh, yeah, etymology means, or, or it means the, the, the ology, meaning the study of languages. Uh, people don't realize that. But, but still, yeah, no, Angel, we're going to have to talk. So I am going to have to get off here at 6 p.m. I'm going to have to make dinner uh, for myself and my mother. Uh, how that's why I stopped and was just kind of going on and I love this kind of talk. So tomorrow you should tune in, right? Yeah. So yeah, prima uh, is is feminine cousin means cousin. Primo prima means cousin in Castilian, uh, and that comes from Latin. Uh, and that literally is uh, one of the you know, etymology is cool. I love that. Yeah. Right. Uh, so right. And so literally the the word prima. Right. Primavera. What does that mean? Right. <laughs> prima and uh, and proximo. Right. What does proximo mean? And where does that word come from? They're both from the same word, the same prime, prime meridian, primo, the same prime. Uh, and, and that's what she was talking about 
what Angel was talking about because I was referring to math and she was going down the mathematics and using the Latin, which I was translating into the Castilian, the modern Spanish, which is based on Latin, comes from that and and going back to math. So, yeah, and she's like, catch up. Right. So etymology is cool. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Prima J band. Right. <laughs> so. So, yeah. So we'll have to talk. So I like I like that you have that working knowledge because you're probably getting my physics very quickly and easily. It probably seems uh, simple to you, the stuff that I was talking about, right? So um, literally I described that in my book and there are more and more people that are catching on and, and are, are becoming aware of it and talking about it. And it's not that I have some knowledge in my book that nobody else has. I don't. I have knowledge that everybody has the ability to have. As is the same with the Tao Te Ching written uh, the Tao Te Chi, I said Ching, the Tao Te Chi, which is the book of the way written uh, from Lao Tzu, 634 BCE. Literally, the information that he was giving then uh, literally is the same information that you get. It is the, the only true enlightenment in the universe. It's universal enlightenment. Oh, I just quoted uh, Nikola Tesla again. <laughs> only true peace can come from universal enlightenment. That's the direct quote. Uh, don't quote me. I don't know if that's verbatim. But uh, but that's that's I have that posted as well on one of my uh, things. So math, you cannot you cannot understand the universe without understanding the math and the science behind it. And you can't understand the science behind it without understanding the universe itself. And to deny the universe, the universal mind is to deny yourself forever understanding the universe itself. So I would suggest if you're going to watch us, if you don't have a working knowledge of what I just said, uh, watch what Jacqueline and I talked about last week, uh, and you'll get a, a background, a little bit of background to understand what we're going to talk about tomorrow. If you already understand everything I'm saying, tune in tomorrow, Saturday, my Saturday at noon, Jacqueline and I will be live and we'll take questions and we're going to be talking about this and uh, we'll be going high spirituality and I'll be pulling the mathematicians along uh, because otherwise we just get crazy and we go very high vibe and then people un don't understand us anymore and they wonder whether we're even speaking English. Okay, and then tune in because Stephen Meyer doesn't agree with any of this and uh, he and I will be talking, but it won't be a debate. And we'll be talking about his theories and I'll be questioning him, uh, kind of giving him some hard questions about uh, his spirituality and stuff. He is unaware of that. So if he's listening now, he's going to go, oh, great. He's going to talk to me about God. Uh, but he'll see when, when I get there because uh, I'm going to unleash some of that on him uh, and make him uh, think uh, outside of his box as well. But he always does that to me. So we're good friends. So know that it's we're not I'm not going into this as an adversary of him. He and I are actually friends and talk. Uh, we, we have these conversations when we're not on air. So we're going to do it on air. <laughs> right. and so, and he made comments. He's posted because I posted the thing about, well, I'm going to talk about that with him. The theory, because the flat earthers based their theory on the pyramid theory that the pyramids were facing the, the King's Chamber exhaust port was facing Orion when it was built and that it actually doesn't face that direction. He's been there. Uh, it faces the opposite direction. So it's, so it couldn't have, when it was built. Uh, so the theory of flat earth, uh, they base their entire theory on that and uh, and literally one guy sailing trying to prove that the earth was flat and his theory of finding this thing called a firmament that no one else could ever find that the only he and his shipmates were all uh, um, completely immune to so they could sail to it and find it. 
and that whole theory is kind of crazy because they traveled thousands of miles in one direction without ever having to leave the firmament to go get food uh, and then tra travel back the same like 7,000 or 70,000 miles back along the firmament and then went back to land. So they tra traveled more than 14,000 miles by a ship that was probably doing three knots, which is about 15 miles an hour. Uh, and they traveled 7,000 miles without having to have any more food and water, um, which is virtually impossible. You can't traverse the 3,000 miles from Europe to the North American continent without having enough food, without stopping somewhere for food. Back then, you would starve to death before you would make it uh, that short distance of 2,000 miles. But they went more than 14,000 miles if you'd go by what they said was just 7,000. But someone said they did 70,000 miles and then went backwards. So they, so maybe it was, uh, you know, half of 70,000 and then it was 70,000 total. I'm going to have to read the theory again, but then the theory is based on the fact that stars never move and how they base the fact on the stars don't move is the theory that the pyramids and the structure of the pyramids face the Orion constellation. And that's never changed in the night sky, which is absolutely false. And I posted that to prove both of those wrong. And uh, Stephen Meyer said, uh, you know, dude, that that that, that is wrong because that theory in and of itself. I'm like, no, that was my point of both those. Then he took my meme and he posted it and made a comment and posted it to uh, everybody and all of his friends saying, and my good friend Leonard uh, posted this to, to laugh at both of them. And, I, and then I made comments on there and we had fun with it. Uh, and then because of that, he said, dude, we got to get together and talk about it. So we're going to be talking about that on Monday, as well as a few other things to kind of blow the whistle on some of history and uh, how history isn't exactly the way they're trying to teach you that it is. And he's got a great theory, working theory, that is closer to how the pyramids were built, even though Raw claims they built it. And we were just talking about that with this session of Raw and the last one uh, that he that is uh, far closer to the possibility of working uh, than any other theory in the history of this planet. And he has a whole entire website dedicated to it. So tune in on Monday to hear that conversation uh, and uh, and hear Stephen's version of that. And I'll have him explain it all to you and give him your website and his videos, uh, links to you guys, so that you can watch his theory. Because I'll tell you, out of all the theories on this earth uh, of how these pyramids were built, uh, everything that you hear empirically of, of slaves pulling all these heavy stones and carving these stones and moving them into place, uh, we can't do to this day, even if we had 2,000 slaves trying to show the theory of how they claim it happened. However, his theory works. <laughs> They've proven it. And people will try to say, well, and he doesn't have any proof because he can't do that. No, he's, he's done it and he has videos to show it. So his theory actually does work. So we'll get into his theory and then move from that into others or however he wants to run the conversation because it's his, but I am going to hit him with some hard questions and we are going to talk a little bit of spirituality as well. So it's going to be a great conversation. His and my conversations are always great. And we haven't done it for a few years. So we're like, it's time. And he was like, yep, when are we going to do it? So last night we hammered it out at about 1130 at night. <laughs> Before before we went to bed, uh, he went to bed wherever he lives. He lives in the same time zone as I do, but I don't know what stage he's in. Uh, and he was like, we're both in, in the Western time zone, right? And I'm like, yeah. He said, let's do Monday at noon then. Because he said, what about Saturday? I said, no, I got a show I'm doing Saturday. He said, what about Friday? I said, no, I have my own show I'm doing on Friday. He said, what about Monday? I said, Monday works for me. He said, let's do Monday. Okay, I got to go because now there's conversation going on without me and my brother and sister and my brother and sister both tried to call me. So I need to find out what's going on with them. All right, guys, have a great day. I love you guys. I will talk to you guys. I'll either see you tomorrow 
on Jacqueline's show, which I will share to Orion Rising and to my wall. So if you can't find it on YouTube, the link will be there uh, so that you guys can find us. Please come in and ask questions. Uh, and then Monday, I'll be on Orion Rising on my channel on YouTube, and I'll put it on my wall as well with Stephen Meyer, and he'll probably put it on his wall. So if you know who he is already, you, you can tune in either way. Uh, and we will be live uh, both times, so we will be taking questions uh, as we go. All right, guys. I love you guys. Have a great night. I will see you guys either tomorrow, Monday, or next Friday.